Whoa. Whoa, what's down with it? You already know what it is. Down with it, what's down? Glad to be on the show today, man. Real talk. Yep, man. Back up in here, you know what's down. Episode 13. Uh, and another special guest, the one and only, the big speaker himself, the host of the Soul Not Toe podcast, Mr. Nick Dot Jones. What's down with your big brother? Man, I appreciate you for putting me on the show. I'm glad to see that y'all, you know what I'm saying, able to keep rocking, man. 13 episodes. I'm clapping my hands for y'all, but it's something to y'all building momentum, you know what I'm saying? So thank you for bringing me on Nick Dot Jones. Um, I'm, to those that don't know me, visionary, speaker, consultant, I'm the host of the Soul Not Told podcast. Ah, that's my baby right there, man. We've been cooking since 2019. And um, really, the Soul Not Told podcast is really about everything. Ignorance is expensive, really. You know what I'm saying? So we cover everything that's anything, business, entrepreneurship, self-education. So, like, if you have a, a very small thing that's now have potential to be something big, you need to hear about it. Hear your steps. And just sharing information. And we're really big on studying, following, mimic success. So we don't kick no person out the out the, the genre. So if you got somebody, if you... I seen a girl yesterday, she started quitting, like she started building her own like skates. I'm like, man, that's something that could, you know what I'm saying, be something that could catch fire as a trend. So all type of stuff like that, man. So that's what we really do. And I really try to just help everybody that's a big picture thinker, try to outline they 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 passion with some information or be able to hear somebody else's story and relate to it and say, man, if they did it, they tried and tribulation, they still amounted to some more of success that they continue to go to. I can continue what I got going on. So that's ignorance is expensive and so not told on the short end. Man, you you talking about us, man. We trying to get like you. I, I see you on season season four, uh, if I'm correct. Yeah, man. So um, if you don't mind, I like this kind of I know I kind of just vaguely gave it to y'all because it wasn't always called so not told because um I am in season four and I was really just talking about sports. And then I, so it really started off as like sports commentary. Then I said creativity emerges. And then I said creativity expands even further because it was from sports. Then I started talking about, I know I, some of my favorites that I know that I spoke of was the Nipsey Hustle Infinity Stone Versus. Mm-hmm. And I, call, I had one called NBA Young Goat. And I did one that was called like um, Wonder Woman 2019. So I'm gonna give y'all a little three spills about that. So. Uh, NBA Young Goat was me talking about two years ago how Young Boy was the king of the internet and how he will remain the king of the internet, views, streams, all of that. Like, there's no competition with that in my eyes. And that's what I was talking about in that episode. And then I went on to say, uh, Wonder Woman 2019, that was when like everybody was just catching wind about the greatness of SZA. You know, we had just got out that SZA wave, R and Linux was coming around and just talking about how all of the women was working together and winning in unison in all 2019. That's why, you know what I'm saying, they did expand even more 2020, but like that ball just started like snowballing in 2019. And uh, I said, NBA young boy, I said that one, and Nipsey Stone, Infinity Stone versus would have been, this is like prior to his past and I was a big Nipsey Hustle fan. And I was like, you know how people still post, um, like what is, Pop Smoke just did another album. So I was like, people still releasing the albums like verses with Nipsey in it. So like following his past and what would be like the best verses that he would have put out. And I kind of ranked them. That was when he did higher. I know he did like a, um, just a few more other verses that I feel like people that follow Nipsey 
would appreciate just me putting those in kind of like an order since it's passing or whatever. And so it was Culture Worldwide. We got to, I had one name that I had started with a podcast that was called Gabbitry. It was just like me just randomly talking. I tried that with my friend that was a DJ. And, you know, we moved out and then I pivoted the soul and I told, started with the sports and I have the commentary. And now we're getting really into the niche of it being business conversations and just advocating for people to just start and shift their mindset to different things. You know what I'm saying? My biggest thing right now that I feel like I'm facing is um, getting a sense of urgency around making information attractive. Like, there's a lot of information out there that can make life a whole lot easier on us if we just was able to really just tap in and not think that learning stopped after high school or after mm-hmm. college. Like, it's a continuous learning cycle. And I think that that's really what I'm all about right now, bro. Just continuing to learn and, you know what I'm saying, share my platform with people that's, that's in that same mindset. It was like that moment where you felt like, all right, like, business, this is the direction I want to go. Like, this is my calling. Man, crazy enough, bro. Um, 2018, I was in one of my final semesters at LSU, and I had a professor really give me a bone. I was in a tech entrepreneurship class. They talking about coding, C++, none of that. I don't know, none of that. I still had an older computer, and it was getting to the point where I was going to class. And while they going through almost done with class, my computer just not starting up. And so then I shifted to a Mac. And then we, I, one thing that I remember about LSU or in that specific instance, that was my one testament to where I could say, if you actually in front of the professor all the time, like making sure that he know your face and, and the biggest of campus as LSU was, then there'd be somewhat lenient. So he gave me a bone and was like, look, you've been in my class. You've been telling me that you don't understand. You've been telling me, you know what I'm saying? I can, t- I can almost call your name if I knew you. But he was saying, I'm going to give you an opportunity to start an entrepreneurial endeavor. And that's when I sent him a five-minute SoundCloud podcast, and I got an A-plus. I didn't just pass the class. I got an A-plus in the class. I was like, okay. And then I was kind of like revolving my mind around different entrepreneurial things just because closer to the end of the semester or closer to the end of graduating, they want to, you know what I'm saying, have you really expounding on your entrepreneurship because that's what I went to school for, business and entrepreneurship. So towards the end, they was really trying to say, okay, you're getting towards the end. Let's create this entrepreneurial endeavor. And that's what birthed my first podcast episode. That's fine, for real. Mm-hmm. In the classroom, like, you trying to, like, you know, trying to and get... And you already know I'm a minority in there, you know what I'm saying? And I was, I ain't gonna lie to you, I was chiming in the conversations and everything, but it came down to the actual code. No, sir, not gonna get it. Mm-mm. That wasn't my language, you know what I'm saying? So he broke it down to where I could actually do something using my language, and there it is. Are you okay? Okay, cool. <laughs> Technical difficulties in the background. <laughs> it's, it's all good. It's all natural. But not. so, uh, as, as you said, you know, you kind of switched up the vision like of the podcast from the beginning. Like, how was that mindset? Like, how was that transition for you? Like, was that was that something hard to deal with, or did you feel like, you know, because it was something you were very passionate, and it was an easy transition for you? Man, I don't know, bro. Over my time in life, I find myself having these big picture ideas at the beginning. And long as I don't go back and give up on them, they'll be able to create some momentum that I can build up on. So, like, you know what I'm saying? I came to season four. I don't want to end season four. Like, I don't know how I'm going to bring it to an end because I just want to keep on bringing on more different directions to bring to the podcast. But in the beginning, 
you know, the first brand was culture worldwide. And so that was me trying to really represent the interactions between athletes and entertainers before it got to the point where you see Lil Baby and Harden in another store and like, you know what I'm saying? Somebody is inspired by that. And back then, that was my that was my objective to try to see people see these interactions and then get motivated. But I couldn't really get the the emotion behind what you feel when you see them two out there. I just realized that these people, like you can see your favorite rapper and your favorite basketball player together. And it's like, wow, bro, like what they doing together. But I couldn't capture that emotion on why. And I think that's probably why I, I fell off of trying to regurgitate that, that type of content. And so then it moved on to Gabbertry. And that was just me finishing the semester. All right, how can I build up on this? You know what I'm saying? And it was also brought, brought to me by the fact that my stepdad told me I had the gift of gab. And I was like, man, really? Because all my life, I felt like I was kind of like soft-spoken. Or I can be like, what do people call it? An omnivert. I'm an introvert and an outrovert. You know what I'm saying? I had my picks and chooses. So I just decided from that point when he told me I had the gift of gab to use my voice for good. And even when I go into my teaching rooms and my speaking events, I tell you, use your voice for good. They got enough bad going around. Just use your voice for good to change something that's not already going on. And so that was culture worldwide, gabbertry, and so I told man, I think that at the, in the beginning, I was just listening to content, you know what I'm saying? But it was just really when I got into different avenues of informational content, that was like, wow. It was like, on his sharing game about different avenues and I was inspired by it. Like I actually created a playlist of podcasts on Spotify. So like I listen to different ones on Apple Podcasts, but the actual ones that I feel like have value or game, them the ones that I listen to on um, Spotify. For example, I was listening to Jamil Hill's podcast while I was doing some construction work for my stepdad. And she was telling me about Ice, she was interviewing Ice Cube and how Ice Cube came around and got Steve Singleton, what's the man, not Singleton, what's the first name of Singleton that made? Uh, John Singleton. John Singleton. He was talking mm -hmm. about how John Singleton was persistent with meeting with him. Like, oh, I'm, I see you on this set. I'm going to want you to be in the movie. I'm going to want you to be in the movie. I'm going to want you to be in the movie. And that's when he birthed all of the, I think it was Friday, that movie that they did together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it was just seeing John Singleton's consistency and his, his persistence with pursuing somebody like uh, Ice Cube at the time. And just talking about Ice Cube's entrepreneurial and that was like, man, I can definitely use my voice for good in this fashion. And that's where Soul Not Told came from. And then I took it even more in depth spin just because I feel like in Baton Rouge per se, people don't really share information around each other. You know what I'm saying? People like when you get around each other, older, younger, whoever, it's more so just the camaraderie of, of entertaining each other, not really sharing information. So when they come to my platform, they can just expect to be informed in some way, shape, form, or fashion. Not to say that it's boring or anything like that, but I just try to put some game in your ear. You know what I'm saying? So that's how I got to where it is now. So, like, like with all those like transitions, do you think it's important, um, especially like from from your first person experience? Do you think it's important to kind of have that primary goal, or um, do you think? It's good to kind of have that di the the diversity and that range uh, with your podcast to kind of touch on all these different things and still kind of have that main focus. Yeah. Um. So it's as much as I try to consume everything, like oh man, they got wholesaling, they got this type of real estate, they got this type of stocks, they got. Like, I try to numb it down to what I can feel myself being more proficient in. Personally, I feel like as of right now, I feel like real estate might be more lucrative to me than stocks. 
or investments mm-hmm. in that state. But you know what I'm saying? It's to each his own. But um, yeah, man, I think one thing that I had to do whenever I just decided to take on, uh, you know, whenever you put your public opinion out there, you allow yourself to be scrutinized. People are going to judge you no matter what shape, form, or fashion it comes in. So when I was like, okay, let's open it up like that. But I want to be proficient in podcasting, business, sports, and entertainment. You know what I'm saying? And then certain avenues up there that I feel like, one thing with me, if I don't know anything about it, I'm going to go into a sponge mode. I'm just soaking it up. I'm not going to speak on that. I might chip in a little bit. But if I don't know anything about it, I'm just going to sit there and listen to the game that's being shared with me. That's very interesting. Like, the pandemic really, like, opened up a lot of that that world, like a world we never really knew of, you know, with stocks or with, you know, having your own business or just owning your own business or even like, you know, the financial side of things. Like you see a lot of people starting to go independent now, a lot of things. Right. Being that you were already well-versed, you know, prior to that, like what was like some advice you'll give to people like as actually trying to dive into these things, like, you know, stocks, just currency or cryptocurrency or just businesses and stuff like that. Man, I will really say, one thing that works for me, as you know, I do have my personal Instagram, man. But when I get on that Soul Not Told page, I lock in and get so much different game. Like, I actually want to punish myself from going to my personal page because it's whoever you're interested in, you can find your niche for. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, whether that be hashtagging, whether that be going on YouTube. Like, if you door dashing, there's a door dash community on YouTube that can show you how to make that better. You know what I'm saying? You just have to be intentional about what you want to be passionate about. And that's why, outside of the podcast, I find myself doing even more selfless acts because there are people following us, generations that will be raising our kids that don't have any passion. They don't have no intentionality towards nothing. And like, that's not going to fly with me. You know what I'm saying? So certain things that I try to advocate for, I really, it's not even just for me to tell the next person to do it because you guys will be responsible for raising my kids and providing that infrastructure. I don't want no dummies doing that. You know what I'm saying? No, it's going to be all, everything going to be in-house. You know what I'm saying? So really just be intentional about what you want to do and just choose. Just pick a choice. And even if it don't work out or if it's not the best, pivot. Move over. Just don't stop doing nothing. Big facts. All right. I'm cooling with the vibe, brother. I'm I'm these gems. I'm feeling I'm feeling the gems you're driving on the on the uh, listeners right now, brother. Talking to my partner all the time, like graduating high school. Like even before I graduated high school, bro, I had one agenda. Move my, give my mom my house. Go, go to the league and give my mom my house. That didn't work. I didn't get no offers, none of that. None of that was on the table. So then I was like, okay. My first agenda was, all right, let's go to college. All right. Now we're in college. But now I see myself living more for other people that's not myself. So that's why you see me in education. What I would like to be when it's all said and done to be somewhat like a creative educator. When I say educator, I'm not no teacher. I'm not just a teacher. I'm just educating you from darkness to light. I'm educating you on something you didn't know before. So if it's, you know what I'm saying, however you, uh, however I appeal to you, then that's just what it is. But I just want to be able to put you on something new or just give you some structure to what you are already passionate about. That's the beautiful thing. Withholding the information, too. My bad, bro. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you good. I was just, <clears throat> just timing in saying that's the beautiful thing about podcasting. Like, your voice for the voiceless, like. That people actually, you know, that rely on, you know, these these platforms just to tune in because people go through all type of stuff each and every day. You never like they're tuning in to get information or just to hear you know, different perspectives. So that's that's like the beautiful thing of just what we're on today with you and I both are just doing like we're doing it for others, but y'all we're also doing it for ourselves too because we're learning through the process and it's like we're we're soaking in the information, but we also give it giving it out. 
that's the beautiful thing about it. Like, I kind of like started my podcast in 2019 after I had pivoted so many different times, but there's multiple, like two big podcasts that I'm a name drop. Earn Your Leisure, that's the blueprint, bro. They are really like, their, their podcast is the money place behind everything, business, sports, entertainment. And it's just skyrocketing. Like their podcast used to really swell my brain up from just listening to the information because one thing I realized, oh, NFL players get paid on Wednesday. For some reason, we probably thought that they got bulk checks all the time. They get direct deposits on Wednesday. And then think about it too, they tax ranges vary on where they stay. So your California tax is going to be more than if you play. So like, although they are making a lot of money, some people getting hit and taxed in different ways. So that's why you see them doing things. So I think that Ernie Lisa might have had somebody on their podcast that had another job while he was in NFL. And somebody that's dreaming to be in NFL might be like, why you got another job? But she don't understand that. I'm still waiting on the check on Wednesday. It's getting taxed, and I might have other expenses. That's you know what I'm saying. So all of that is just stuff that was just opening my mind. Be like, wow, I would have never known that. And so now I get on podcasts. People like I did one way to do that was like he got a, a clothing business. He was talking about how to get business credit to get your first line of merchandising out using various sources like that. I was like, man, I learned so much from people that I bring on to where it's unreal. That's very, that's very interesting for real. Like, just the whole dynamic of it for real. Yeah, man. Because I ain't gonna lie to you, my biggest thing right now is creating an urgency about making information attractive. Because I ain't gonna lie to you, I was in the school system for four months now. It ain't happening in school. Like, I know I was at a, I was at a, a alternative school and everything, bro. But nah, because I was seeing, I know somebody might have just tweeted this, and whether we know it or not, the world is secretly being ran by me. Like they were saying, somebody, some, I think Myra might have tweeted this and made it like a picture. He's like, bro, please to have y'all kids write a paragraph at home, at least one. They don't, bro, you'll be surprised at some stuff I've seen from sixth graders, eighth graders, seventh graders. It's like, we're dropping a ball in certain categories. And that's why I was like, okay, maybe school and education might not be what saves our generation, but we got to get them involved in some type of craft, some type of. Yeah type of skill set that they can build upon now because 2030, 2045, it ain't looking too good. Yeah, man. We were talking about that on the pod not too long ago, like just saying like how we don't teach skill, not enough skill. There's all like just like indoctrination, like just a bunch of stuff we don't really need to really learn. We don't need to keep right. remembering, you know, US history or world history for what? Like all that's twisted, you know what I'm saying? All that. Put put some economics in there, put some finance classes and teach these kids how to write checks. Actually, man, I'm working on a male mentoring initiative right now to where we'll help kids like I feel like right now me and a lot of my peers that I have close conversations with. I'm thankful that I found a podcast where I can use my voice and become a speaker and a consultant and everything like that and use my vision to put out more things that I'm passionate about. But it's too many people that come up and have talents that don't get put to work. Like, I, I didn't even know that I like talking. I didn't even know I like to be on platforms to where people could hear my voice and, like, criticize my thoughts or judge me in any shape, form, or fashion. I didn't know that that was something I would be good at. So it's just really about helping people discover their talents, design a vision, and, and get them a path, and then execute on them. So that's just the four pillars of that. Just show you what you're good at. Show you what that can possibly be. Get you a path to do that, and then execute Mm-hmm. And I feel like we make life too hard, and that's all it is about. We don't have enough people helping us discover our talents. Mm-hmm. 
definitely feel you on that because I know when I was a kid, I was always into art and I was into music. So I played drums growing up and I also was great at drawing. But a lot of the, you know, as you know, a lot of these uh, underfunded areas are just uh, places that don't have a lot of funding in the school system. They don't have these programs, music programs, art programs, and barely even sports programs. So that automatically wipes out like a skill that these kids already are born with and they can't even like utilize it to the best of their ability compared to a school that might already have these programs. So it's it's really, it's really tough out here when you're trying to like really like find or like trying to like utilize these talents within these kids. Cause man, it's, it's tough. Cause you could easily like, like you can really get disinterested very fast if you don't really like utilize it. Cause I know for sure, like I fell off with drawing the music and I felt, you know, like the down of the down. I feel like, damn, I, like I really was kept like talented in this shit, but I you know, but. It's like trying to judge a fish off its best ability to be a lion. I'm not a lion. I'm a fish. Just let mm-hmm. me be a fish. And I ain't gonna lie to you. A lot of parents will shun that. Yeah. Because they want you to be a lion. They want you to be a lion, provide, conquer, you know what I'm saying, be big and boastful. But I'm a fish. That's not what my life is. I don't want to be a lion. I'm a fish. You know what I'm saying? Doctor, engineer, like, like, nah, I don't even like math. I don't even like, you know, medicine. Like, what? Right. What do you mean? I, seen, I also seen a tweet that was like, man, this is the most, I ain't gonna let this job kill me generation I ever seen. Like, I ain't gonna let this job or this career or the stress that you put upon me kill me. I'm not doing it. I think this generation, we deserve it. Yeah. Hey, man, just touching off, of, uh, you know, all the, the comments I made about, you know, schooling and, 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 you know, not being able to assist these kids with things that they may actually do in real life. Do y'all think there's a way that we could, you know, actually, you know, teach kids like certain skills that they'll use nowadays? Because like, you know, like the society is changing way different from like the before our era and like when we grew up. Like you could actually make money just being on a podcast or just, you know, being on online. Like, do you think there's a way that we can, you know, incorporate that into the school system to teach kids those type of skills and, you know make money or make a living, you know, in that way without them just learning how we did on the fly. I really think it all probably starts with uh, like where we're at now in our careers. Like what what exactly are we trying to do with our careers and what we want to like do with the next generation? If we're passionate about that, I feel like we should probably take the change and take the step forward. Like, all right, let me make something out of something that I'm, I'm passionate about so I could like, you know, not do a teachers before me or just like education system before me is done before. So but yeah man joe i actually think that that's a very tangible idea but sadly enough bro i do not think that that's gonna actually happen through the school system um i don't know how that is going to actually be achieved but i do think that it needs to happen rather sooner than later and that's why i kind of got on the tip that i was saying about the mentoring initiative just because like a lot of stuff starts at home and we don't know the homes of a lot of these people that we kind of like considering right now. Cause like, ideally, if you have a two parent household, that's not, you know what I'm saying? It might be like a, a middle-class lifestyle. You might be able to experience band, art, robotics, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. To expand your, your, your extracurriculars to see what you can actually be passionate about. But dealing with my location per se, I just know that the home setting is not, gonna be willing to drop you off to the extra curriculums. They really more so selfish. So we have to more so just, if we could check the house, then yeah. But yeah, man, I do think that it's a dire necessity. I would like to, like when I was when I was teaching, man, I was trying to just, man, what you good at? What you passionate about? And a lot of people was talking about anime. 
I had one dude, he had like a whole, now we in sixth grade now, he had a whole private discord going on, talking with people across the country, making anime. He was asking with Mr. Nick, what you think about my anime intro? And I'm not into it, but I was like, bro, keep going. Whatever it is, bro, you might be the best screen player, creator, whatever. You might create a whole other game system. And it's a not, and I feel like it's not a lot of encouragement around people that's doing stuff differently too. Right. Even with us creating a podcast, like, although, you know what I'm saying, when you bring it up to people that you know, they be like, what's a podcast? Or they, now, as of now, they might be able, or you might be like the Breakfast Club. They wouldn't say the ones that you actually want to pivot your podcast behind because they haven't just awakened their mind to it just yet. But in due time, everything is going to come around full circle. But we definitely need to make passions and interests and hobbies more, more, you know, important right now. Yeah. I remember I was taking a speech class in college. Um, one of my speech professors named Dr. Ryan Butterfield. Uh, she 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 told us all that she doesn't own a TV. She listens to podcasts, and I thought she was the weirdest human being on this planet Earth. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> not not even knowing what a podcast was. I'm just like, right. I'm just going off of like the general idea. I'm like, I think podcasts are just when you just listen around and hear people talk. So I'm like, she weird. I don't know why she's so, like she miserable. So, but. You know, later down the line, when you need that information, when you need, like, when you come across stuff like this, I'm like, dang, this shit really is. Shit really all right. You know what I'm saying? So. And crazy thing is, I was just going to speak on kind of like towards the end. So, like, I didn't take my speech classes until the end as well. And that's when I, like, so just imagine me having this entrepreneur class, two entrepreneurship classes. One is talking about, um, that's when I got the opportunity to create the podcast. And then I'm going to a speech class and I'm working on, public speaking, how to speak and talk with my hands and speak from my diaphragm and stuff like that. So I feel like all of that was just working synonymous without me even knowing. But to that point, I think that podcasting should be something that's introduced to speech classes now. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And to also piggyback on that point too, man, um, so many things qualify as a podcast now. Like the NPR, Tiny Desk Concerts, those are considered podcasts. And it's like, what? They're not even talking, but it's the conversation. And I really love the fact that also while I was at LSU, my friend put me on this podcast called, now it's a, uh, it's a rated M for mature podcast. Now it's called the Black Widow Podcast. And so I don't know why she gave me this to listen to, but it's basically this person, it's like a, a fictional sex story that I'm listening through throughout class. Like I'm in class doing work, taking notes, paying attention listening to them talk about fantasy and all type of, you know what I'm saying, fictional sex things. I'm like, wow. So it's crazy that you can have a different reality going into your head via conversation that's different from what you're actually facing. And then you could just push that, you could put BS in there and, and have negative things in your ear, or you can have positive things or, you know, whatever. It was just that eye-opening experience. like, wow, this is something new. This is something new. So, yeah, man, I don't know, but a lot of things were coming and probably working around me that I didn't even know at LSU, but I'm definitely thankful that I went that up. Big facts. Did my man just hit the transition point for LB? I think he did. <laughs> man, so look, uh, uh, for those of y'all, some, some may know, some may not know. My man, like I said, this is this is BR's finest right here. Um, So, you know, being from BR and then also, as you said, like being a, being a minority, um, what 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 went into that decision? You know, choosing LSU, you know, over the likes of you know like a, a Southern or a Grambling. 
Um, or even if you want to, you know, throw in any other schools that they are, like a ULL um, and things like that. But why, why LSU? Man, honestly, Joe, I was a uh, Skylandville. Like, I'm from Skyland, from Third World. Um, so mm-hmm. I've always seen Skyland. I mean, I've always seen Southern right there. So when I was playing sports, I'm like, man, I'm going D1, I'm going D2, I ain't going no Southern, you crazy? I would have been lucky had Southern offered me. I would have been up there and been the man, you know what I'm saying, just because I miss sports so much and just because I didn't get the opportunity, I'm like, man, I'm crazy for not taking the – I should have been at Southern front desk trying to get them to recruit me. So um, with my senior year not really unfolding like I really wanted to, man, I really was like – but I feel like a lot of people, whether they be coaches or recruiters, they was probably trying to tell him, oh, he, he just going to be – I feel like my, my position in the football field, I was more like a general. Yes, I had the skill set, but I knew where everything was. Like, I was like – they used to really call me the quarterback of the defense. Like, I knew where everybody position, et cetera, et cetera, how it was supposed to flow. And so, I, with me not getting no, no offers, I felt like the coaches would always say, oh, he going to school to be a chemical engineer. Because I was also – it was – Scotlandville is an engineer, uh, engineering prep school, so I had college credit. I was in honors school, I was, honors courses and everything. So – um, I was really big on the information. So I had a, I was top of my class. Somebody graduated like number six. And then I had a straight little ACT. So I was like, all right, where I want to go? Top three choices for chemical engineering at the time, because all I knew about chemical engineering was I went to an engineering school and I liked chemistry. But it was really because I had a network done. We was walking in, let's get to the work so we could play, or we could jokes, or we could do whatever. But we're going to understand the material too. And I had been going to school with them people for so long to where it was like second nature, we're going to get it and get it over with. So top school options would have been LSU, McNeese, Louisiana Tech. Mm -hmm. So no school, LSU would have been my only choice in Baton Rouge technically for chemical engineering. So um, Louisiana Tech was far, I ain't have means of transportation. I ain't getting no visit or nothing like that. And I just knew that it was up there in the country. I was like, hmm. So that would have been my route to possibly Lake football. Same thing with McNeese. I went on a school trip to McNeese and was really liking the Lake Charles vibe, though. But I don't know, even with me being, like, regardless of what school I chose, I was going to be the only one from my high school, I feel like, at whatever institution it was going to be. So I'm like, uh, I might as well just go to LSU in my backyard. I'm going to still be lonely, but that way if I'm lonely, I can probably network with somebody in UL Southern, et cetera, et cetera. So... Yeah, man, I got to that campus, got my ID the same day as my birthday, July the 7th, 2014, dog, and, you know, I moved on that East Campus, and everything was a story to be told after that, man. I'm thankful for everything. That four and a half years is a ride like no other, bro. All right. Now, like, with that, do you see or have you seen a change, like, in like in NBR, as you said, like, with more minorities, like, choosing the LSU or choosing PWI? Um, or like, a, or in your in your experience, like, what conversations have you had with other minorities, like you know, who have graduated or had their experience at the PWR? Well, let me let me give you this. So, um, so I graduated in eighteen, right? So I advocate not to trump or poo poo on Southern. If you got your paperwork right, you want to see in this process, go to LSU. You do your work, you are gonna keep your head down. You really just want a degree. You're not really concerned about the social part. You want teachers to be responsible. You want curriculums to be responsible. Everything is going to be up to standard at the State University at LSU. Now, I, I'm not saying that everything is different, but I've heard nothing but 
negative things come from Southern, whether it be HR, I mean, not HR, whether it be financial aid, credits, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's too much of a negative muck record about, about Southern, but they do have, you know, HBCU, you know, you know what I'm saying? They got HBCU, they got, you know what I'm saying, the culture you might be accepting, you might meet people that they still have a lot of um, international, like different people that come there as well, but I advocate for LSU. I actually have a younger sister who just graduated from um, Liberty that's going to LSU as well. I got a younger cousin there. So a lot of people um, are are going there without me having to advocate for it. But I don't know, man. I kind of just feel like I've been in the loop, but still kind of been out the loop. But every time I um, come converse with somebody that's speaking about going to LSU, I try to give them a transparent conversation. Although the campus is changing so much, like, the West Side might not even be the popper side no more. You know what I'm saying? So certain things I'm changed that are changing, but I still try to tell people, man, if you don't really want, if you just want, I don't know, man. It's just kind of, it's kind of hard, bro. Cause I feel like when my when my experience is kind of biased, I, I had a my freshman year was supposed to be a little bit more adventurous than it was, but I didn't know anybody. But if I know anybody that's looking for, I'm gonna give you what you're looking for, basically, on both sides. I'm like, what's cool? If I got information about it, I'm gonna give you what you're looking for. And I feel like it's crazy, bro. Like, Joe, I feel like you seen me in, like, all shapes of myself from then to now, bro. And it was like, I'm not trying to change who I am. I'm going to still party with you. I'm going to still turn up with you. But I just want to free my people from um, – this is kind of, like, away from the uh, college conversation. But I just want – like, I don't like the fact that I be wanting to travel and do things when my friends go to work. But what I feel like your job don't really pay you enough to really commit to them as much as you want if you would have just followed your passions. But I, I can't live for you. But that's just what I'm at as far as, like, people seeing me and then, like, oh, um, what you do? You do a podcast? I do a podcast amongst a, a, a plethora of other things to keep myself, you know what I'm saying, afloat. Whereas, mm-hmm. I don't know, you know what I'm saying? But it's not for everybody. But I just would like to see more of my people in, in freedom, in free situations, because at this point, my number one priority is freedom and quality of life. Yeah, you pretty much investing in yourself. Like you creating your own multiple streams of income. That way you don't have to rely on nobody. Like definitely, I definitely like, like respect the hustle for real, for real. That fear. And, and I call myself the sacrificial lamb, dog. Like I just ran across um runway billionaire on Instagram. I'd never seen this page before, but he had some of the same like characteristics of what I'm trying to put into my brand going forward, just about live coaching. You know what I'm saying? I just released. I got two digital products right now. I'm opening up my service stream to where, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm saying, I'm real serious about this follow, study, and mimic success. If they say do webinars every Sunday for a year and you will never have to work for nobody again, I'm doing webinars every Sunday. Mm. You know what I'm saying? If that's what the blueprint is, you got to play the game that's being played in your niche. That's just how I live. Hey, man, look, the proof is in the pudding because let me tell you, like, just, as you said, like I, I've I've been there with you, you know, through that journey through college and even at, even the beginning of the podcast, um, and just you know, as I listen to your listen to your podcast and even just go through like the reviews and stuff, and just seeing like the progression and just seeing how people really following it and tapping in, like it's really inspiring to be honest to you, uh, uh, with you, bro, because it's like it's like that's the, it's like to see something really like grow into what you want it to be, and you know, just see like. I feel like you're one of those people that's always like speaking it into existence. Like this was your vision. Yeah. Like you, I, I remember like when you was just first starting it and 
uh, hearing you talk about it, just hearing, hearing like the passion behind it and to see it flourish, like it's really inspiring for for. And then there's more avenues that comes from it. You know what I'm saying? As of right now, I've been advocating for anybody. Like this came from me going to the Black World Renaissance Mixer. So these guys have a platform similar to the big, big umbrella that I said, Earn Your Leisure. They are mm-hmm. local from Lafayette that do something similar to the Soul Not Told podcast, where it's bringing on different guys, notaries, um, vending machines. Like they have the plug now, bro. Just imagine if it was multiple of me. So it's like four of me's working on one platform. It's called the Black Wealth Renaissance. So I went out there and did a little mixing and mingling, man. I went out there, shook some hands, I talked, I, I took some pictures or whatnot. But the biggest thing that I walked away from there from, everybody in there doing real estate in some way, shape, form, or fashion. Somebody got their hand in real estate. And then one thing that I also was understanding, because like when I ride, I listen to podcasts sometimes. Well, I try to majority of the time. But the biggest thing was making yourself an authority to authoritative figure using a podcast. So one girl that I kind of gave a pitch to following me, making that connection was she's into real estate. So I was saying, why wouldn't you use your podcast? Say for instance, you're trying to sell somebody on a multifamily unit and they might not be sold on on that exact tip. Okay, here's my podcast where I went an hour long conversation on why you should or should not, the pro and cons of this. And then they go listen to that. Now you got streams coming from the podcast before they actually do business for you. And they understand, oh, I remember when you talked about that in the podcast. Think about how that'll work as far as an authoritative figure over your niche. Because, like, you can build a niche and be the authoritative figure over it, and nobody else is going to be able to rock with you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, Soldier Boy said, I'm the first doing this. Yeah, take that Soldier Boy leap, man. Good. This is innovation. This is innovation at its finest, right here, man. Like, I hope y'all listening and tapping in for real, for real. Yeah, man. I told himself. If I, I might just NFT my process and just retire all day, you know what I'm saying? Because I ain't gonna lie to you, I annotate everything. I got like three, four different notebooks, binders that I keep with me at all times. That's bills, ideas, anything. So it's normally like a big picture idea, then it's even more structured, and then it's oh, okay, it's going in the ink now. This is what we need to do, this is the idea after we've already brainstormed even more. I'm a so- big man. As you said, like, you know, being from, you know, especially coming from, like, the LSU aspect of it, as you said, starting off as the minority and then coming into, like, the whole, the, the business side of, of the world and the business industry, you know, what do you think needs to be done from your, your perspective to get more of us, you know, in that lane and then succeed at that? Man, I don't know, Joe. It's, like, realistically, whenever I got the passion for wanting to do podcasts and I was already three years in. And so I was like, well, I'm not going to change my major because I don't believe no way, shape, form, or fashion LSU is going to lead me to working for Apple. That would have been my idea. Like, I started looking for content creation jobs junior year. I was like, ah, I don't see no exp- – I don't see me getting the, the necessary experience for that. And so what, to answer your question, bro, I think that the best thing that I would advocate for, like I did with every – like with my, myself personally, I said I can work a job while looking for a job, but while I'm building up my own Soul Not Told podcast, if you're not going to bring me more than what I'm already doing, I'm going to just keep doing this and work a job. You know what I'm saying? And that's just, and so I say bring some leverage to the table. You know what I'm saying? If you want to get into anything, have something to be able to leverage with that. Like you go into these jobs looking for them to give you something, but you know what I'm saying? You kind of just asking, but in reality, I have never received a real life job offer. 
Like I'm, I got a teaching offer after I applied to be a teacher, but just coming with some type of leverage to see, oh, we need you. Some type of essential uniqueness about yourself that can always be something that's going to be attractive to somebody. So just increase your attractability, man. You see right now they got college players being paid for their likeness. Why, as people, we don't have our own likeness to build upon? We got we got social media, like, use your platform. Mm-hmm. Build up a likeness so people could be able to see you before they even see you. Mm-hmm. Right, be your own image. Right. Right. And use it as leverage. Almost, almost like how the dude did with uh, the money reside dude. He could have used that as leverage. Definitely. Yeah, and you know what's crazy? It's like you... People, people want to criticize athletes and, and, and celebrities, you know, in sports today because of the way that they handle in business. But if you're thinking about it, that's really the right way to go about it. You know, in, in previous seasons and previous years and eras, the players looked at the teams, you know, to make a way and to get through and, and, and to get big and, and set their families up. But now it's to the point where athletes understand like they're the faces and they're the ones putting the fans in the seats they're the ones that's really selling the tickets and making the franchise what it is without the players putting that product on the court or the field there is no sport there is no money to be made there are there are no you know marketing or tv deals you know to be had and i think now you're seeing athletes you know actually profiting off of their off of themselves and getting what they're uh, just do and people don't like that because that's not what the, that's not the way that you know it was structured to begin with. Right. And I feel like you know as as people as, as you know the young, you know the the young adults or the next generation to come, like we could really learn from that and, and you know flip that for us in our own industry. You know as we move forward. In, in small sense, that what you're saying, bro. Two examples, both of them wide receivers. They catch the ball. They're nothing without the ball. Jets. Mm-hmm. Jets had an amazing rookie year, but why are we not talking about him as being one of the top receivers going to the next year? Not to just talk about it earlier, it's because of his likeness. It's because of the gritty. It's because he's able to be a great receiver outside of Adam Thielen. Same thing with Antonio Brown. We, I ain't gonna lie to you, I follow his whole derailment file. Like, he was one of my favorite players before he got into all the mischief outside, the, outside but I knew with him being from Florida, he was a little wired crazy anyway, you know what I'm saying? But he started rapping. He started doing all type of crazy things, but he still reverted back to being a Super Bowl champ. So I that's just kudos to them, man, being able to leverage that opportunity outside of, you know what I'm saying, feeling like they got to play football. Mm-hmm. So, matter of fact, I'm glad, you, I'm glad you brought that up. So one podcast that I really tap into a lot is uh, I Am At Me mm-hmm. uh, with Brandon Marshall. And a, a recurring conversation that they, that they have on that is, Ocho Cinco's ability to market himself through his antics. Mm-hmm. So with that, a lot of people, there's, there's always this conversation of was he a hindrance to his team or did it not affect him or did it not affect the team? And was it just a way to him, you know, way for him to, you know, boost his personality and boost, you know, his likeness. And I, I kind of see it as like, I, me personally, I see it as he was the innovator for the people today. Like, how you feel about that? Definitely, bro. I was just going to say, I'm, I'm agreeing with you to the latter part of that, man. Because who was the running back in, in Cincinnati when he was playing? Mm. Who was somebody good on defense while he was playing? And like, he's only one person. And like I just said, bro, he catches the ball. If anything, he was the first one to – like, not really first, because, you know, they still had Ocho Cinco. I mean, not Ocho. They still had Terrell Owens before him. But 
he was just the first one to bring like the excitement to the game. Like, you know what I'm saying? I remember playing football, couldn't not know who I want to mark myself off. Today I'm Terrell Owens. Tomorrow I'm going to be Ocho Cinco because he was able to be the first one to provide that actual blueprint to be the excitement part of football. Because realistically, it's boring, dog. It's boring. You The, the play is short. They punt the ball all the time. So whenever you see somebody run down and do something major, celebrate it. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm definitely agreeing with you to the latter part of that question. Mm. Yeah, I'm just – and it was – it's for me, I think it's just full circle for me, like, just seeing this because – when I first, when I first uh, got into LSU, my goal was, you know, to be a sports agent. And, you know, you know, throughout through those years, obviously that that didn't work out for me. But my whole goal was to kind of flip the script and, and you know, be, you know, that guy that I could get you the biggest deal. My my job was, to, yeah, you you play on the field, but my job is to make sure that you set outside of work. Like that's your your job, your work is playing this sport. My job is to make sure that you have some type of income coming from that, you know, in case an injury happens or, you know, your career is cut short. My, my job is to make sure you set outside of it. And now, you know, today I feel like at least now I have that opportunity to do it on their own. You know, of course you have an agent to make sure all your deals are correct and everything's on the up and up. But I feel like now is, is, is a very pivotal time for that. I think if they – sad to say – if they can keep our money in, keep our money in. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, one of the guys that I feel like has one of the most astounding brands with it being Rick Ross, bro, like, he buys mm-hmm. franchises and his family runs them. You know what I'm saying? This is like keeping everything in-house would be the best thing that I could tell anybody if you have people that have those skill set. And kind of just going back to what you were saying, uh, Brendan, like, people need skill sets. I feel like a lot of people don't have skill sets to even add to them. So, like, Joe, if I'm a receiver – of course, I want my mama to handle my account, but she might not be able to handle that. Right. You know, and especially with me. And, I, you know, you don't want to think that they're going to do something bad, but she might just be mishandling it. But it, to, to the point, I think that anybody that has the opportunity to keep our money in, keep our money in. Yeah, Rick Ross is definitely a prime example Rick Ross, and I'll say even Shaq, like just a guy who just puts his – his hand in everything, you know, whether you might not have the most well-versed knowledge of it, but I'm putting my hand in it anyway, because I know, like, I can definitely, like, you know, leverage off of it. Right. My past experiences, so that's, that's definitely some motivation right there. Like, once, once you get one thing going, try to get another thing going. Mm-hmm. And stop, like, don't be complacent, like, fuck, do, do multiple things, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like that's that Kevin Hart mentality as well, because if you look at how he running his business, he I've seen the interviews where he's constantly saying like he'll instead of just giving somebody money, you know, or just giving somebody some type of loan to expert. Now I'm gonna give you a job, like I'm gonna put you to work, and then so that way it's not not only are you getting what you need, it's recurring, mm-hmm. you know. And I feel like he, like yeah. us, the new generation, they could definitely do that. Like you know what we was talking about it earlier in this new era, you know of workers of people that you know content creating you know you're not you're not looking to be a lawyer no more or you some do but majority you're not looking to be a doctor you're not looking to go to school 10 12 15 years you know and then you know get up all that you know obtain all that loan you know debt you looking you know to to push your own agenda to make your own way and then in the process of that set your family up 
you know. Right. And as, as Nick saying, once you get to once you get your point, get to your point, and you get established, then you you become the boss. You become that person who could provide and and and, and create jobs along with you know the path that you didn't create it for you know for yourself. Right. And Joe, you kind of that was the first rebuttal I ever had to me. Like I've always told people, like I love my little sister getting on TikTok, as long as she don't watch the wrong stuff. But now you've challenged my whole mindset to say, hold on now. I don't want you to get on TikTok and follow this and not want to be a doctor or a lawyer. Or like I still want those people to arise, but that's the first time I ever thought of the young minds that are in, getting introduced to these things so young that they might not aspire to be more. Mm-hmm. Oh, snap. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know what I'm saying? But even though then, that's when you, as 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 somebody that's passionate about people following and being serious about their intentionality, that's when you follow nothing but doctor pages on your TikTok. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Just get more ideas about the about the the reality that can come from being a doctor, lawyer, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the first time I ever thought about that. They might be, we might be killing off the next generation of leaders by just having them want to do TikToks and BS. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like the playing field is so much wider now like you got yeah. so choices now like like then I guess even from our, our kind of set generation like we kind of just fell into like yeah that's even more why I wanted to do so and I told too because like at one point in time I just wanted to show people different career options that were even out there you can create like I seen a dude yesterday create these basketball hoop net like it was like a stool he painted the bottom, painted the top orange, drew a line, and put a net over it and sold basketball chairs. Mm. Come on, man. Mm. That, don't take, that don't take no skill but creativity. And if right. we can help people embark on that even more, that's going to change the generations to come. Mm. Don't, right. don't shoot down somebody that's trying to be creative until now, somebody that was like, what you doing with them stools? That ain't going to work. Now he's, I, he, I followed it. I saved it a million views. Now, views don't revert into dollars. But that exposure, now you can probably affiliate for something. You know what I'm saying? It's just that type mm-hmm. of that we've never seen before. And it's scary to certain people. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because I'm like, just like y'all was saying earlier, bro, like, I feel like the tide, it took a minute for it to turn. But I feel like we're, we finally hit, like, that peak where you could just get to the other side of that hill. Because if you think about the generation before, it was always you had to go to, you had to, go to college and get a degree to have, like, a set job and a set career. And then now it's to the point where, some people out here really saying degrees don't matter no more. Yeah. You know, you can you can get a degree and and you still out here searching for a job. I mean, you now you got all this debt, and it's like I'm not I'm not saying you know sh- straight away from that because I'm the, I'm prime example. I didn't got two degrees and I'm working and things like that. But there's people who might not have that same storyline, yeah. mm-hmm. and so you got now you have like the Mark Zuckerbergs of the world where you didn't drop out of school, created a social media site. And now you one of the richest people in the world, I'll you know, at the age you oh, or, or, you know, was at like the age of what, 20, 21. Right. And people seeing that. And it's like, once you start creating your, your own content and have a vision, have a plan, and that starts to, you know, branch out into this area and branch out into that area. Now we have our younger generation or you people in our generation looking like, you know, I'm, I'm going to make my own way. And then. You have someone like Nick coming with a podcast, or one of us coming with a podcast, shining the light on that. Right. Or matter of fact, you shine the light on yourself, and somebody looking at you and watching you consistently, like, bet I'm gonna do that. Yeah, I'm gonna go to school and get a business degree, but at the same time, I'm about to follow your blueprint and do what you did. Yep, gotta lead them breadcrumbs, bro. Because honestly, 
the, the another thing that'll come along with that man, I feel like you can do whatever you do, whatever you want to do, as long as you keep your expenses low. And that's just mm-hmm. for me looking at it as like a holistic view, because I'm thinking about as you were talking, I'm like, man, they got kids, younger kids with way farther more visibility than we do. I'm talking about, I know a girl, she might be in ninth grade with like 20,000 followers that goes to Scotlandville. I'm like, and all she do, like, just imagine you being in high school in ninth grade doing promo deals. So now by the time you get to a senior, after you built up whatever type of clout or following that you have, you know what I'm saying? You're probably doing $100 a day posts. And it's like, man, that people working not making $100 a day. And that's just right. from posting one thing on your story. So the leverage of opportunity that's coming is like nothing that we're going to be able to see or predict, bro. Because it's, it's everything, everybody's pushing the envelope and everybody's trying to be the next best thing. But with all that being said, you don't have to compete. Just worry about con- con- keeping your expenses low, and then you can do whatever. Mm-hmm. That's a big key for me keeping these uh multiple things that I'm trying to do too. It's like, man, that that ain't gonna work. Like we talking about, you know, what I'm saying outside, outside expensive right now. I ain't gonna lie to you, outside is expensive, dog. So you gotta just do your dibble and dab when you can. Big fact. Man, so shifting gears real quick. You know, we all, we all, we on the business, the business talking, the business tip right now. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up was like the the black business, the black dollar. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and I want to kind of go back in time, real quick, and and just touch on this. Do you think that you know integration hurt or helped black business? And then with the with integration coming, you know. Are we now being able to succeed, or we're, we're, do you think we would have succeeded at a faster rate if it would have stayed segregated? Okay, segregation. I'll say segregation because I believe right now every black person worth a million dollars, whether it be our labor, our skill set, or our time. One thing about us, we're gonna go to work. Now we had a lot of things that went on that kind of shaped our mentality to think a certain way that didn't really help us. And same to say, certain movies like Friday, certain movies like, certain movies painted us to be, or think that certain things were okay and acceptable and certain things really not. But that's because we didn't own our networks. Okay, John Singleton or whoever put the first Friday together, that was fine, but it was like certain things go on. Let me see how I'm gonna put this. Because one thing that they did for sure was create, control our narrative through the TV. That's one thing that definitely happened. And I think maybe if we would have been able to have our own identity, then we would have been able to be more successful. That's just on the, on the smaller term. But now, since we didn't, we are too dependent. You know what I'm saying? I've had a conversation with one of my brothers that was like, just imagine we are basically white people and black people. We are in an abusive relationship. In an abusive relationship, you don't never see nobody deal with their abusive relationship in the same house. But we have we didn't go anywhere to necessarily heal from that. So you want us to deal with this abusive relationship in house? It's not going to work. That's why you have mixed emotions. Certain people down for the cause. Certain people down not down for the cause. On my most recent podcast with Coach Vic, he told me he did a podcast, and this is how he kind of just like gauges his interactions with his white friends. He was like, "I give you the brick when I tell you throw it, throw it. If not, you're not on my side." And that's how we go. That's how we go ahead and measure who's actually down for the cause going forward. But I definitely think that we should have stayed segregated, man. I think that 
you know what I'm saying? We are the minority in the United States of America, but us as a united front in the minority, we would have been a force being reckoned with, bro. I don't, without a doubt in my mind, but we just feel like, I feel like the white man put it in our, they, they separated us because they knew us unified was not gonna work. Mm. And boy, I wish I could see that. Even now, bro, like I had this conversation with Rama all the time. I'm born and raised Scotland. Everybody that's from our neighborhood grew up in that same, now they got people talking about moving to East Ascension. Huh? Okay, so you're going to move in East Ascension, right? where people are kind of trying to get away from the Negro politics that's already in Baton Rouge. They're trying to get to East Ascension to get away from you. So now you got black people in there interacting with white people and it's still, you still can't really tell. Like it's no, I stayed in Denver Springs for a year. I ain't no neighbors come shake my hand. Ain't nobody gonna walk my dog. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna pick up behind my dog, none of that. I miss the community of being around other black people. Now I have a white neighbor and, and like, I still don't have a full black neighborhood, but there's still nothing like me, you, and Brendan stand next to each other. We know certain things not gonna go down in this neighborhood because we we controlling the block technically. I know what's mm-hmm. going. I know what Joe gonna do. I know what he's gonna do. And so my biggest thing right now, bro, everybody's trying to scatter around, but we don't have no communities no more. So I'm probably gonna move back to Scott. I'm and I feel like with that being said, I can't help my community from the outside. I have to be there to actually be able to be a part and say, okay. This dude go around the same street every four, four, every four, every fourth Sunday. He come around here. What he got? What is he actually doing over here? Is he helping us? Is he hurting my community? If not, we have to move on. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And that's certain things that we've lost. Like we now we want to be so mixed in, but we still be we being mixed in and not being appreciated. I'd rather me deal with four black people than than two white people and and anything else, bro. I'm just I'm so pro black that it don't make no sense right now. I love it. I'm about to say, man, sometimes that's what we need. You know, sometimes we just need somebody that's just for us. You know, that's, that's you know, at the end of the day, no matter what's going on, like, in that area, what they've seen or what they've been through, like, your main goal and priority is to see, you know, Black people and see people like yourself, you know, succeed and strive. Because we got everything else that's telling us not to, bro. So many things that's telling us not to do nothing, whether it be us subconsciously listen to things that's calling out negative spirits or just negative powers over our life to us not valuing ourselves, man. So many different plays that we facing that, you know what I'm saying? I'd be thankful to see somebody that's reaching out the hand. Like I seen, a, like I posted the post on Instagram the other day. It's like, bro, when you see me speak, I'm like, I don't got no beef with nobody. I don't know, bro, you got some, some ill will towards me. As long as you're not trying to harm me, it's fine, but you know what I'm saying? I don't care about what you got going on. You What's up? You good? You acted that you straight? All right, cool. Good. Be blessed and be safe, bro. You know what I'm saying? Because there's already enough negativity going on from forces that's not people that look like each other. Right. Facts. I mean, that's just... what I say? Y'all say segregate or integrate? What y'all say? What you got, B? <sighs> <laughs> I see. I feel like we too far along to not work with him. I'm gonna just drop that in. I feel like right now we're still depending upon him. Some dollar is still being yeah. passed by the white man in some way, shape, form, or fashion. Right. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was a good, it was a good move to go that route for the integration, just for the sake of where we at now. It's like, all right, cool. Like we definitely far ahead and far along 
than what it was back then. Like we're not we don't have to really go through these things, even though we still go through it. But like I guess it's kind of it's kind of tough now because like you said, it's not really enough. There's still not enough. There's black businesses out there, and I do it. You know, I do respect and love the fact that black people are being way more independent. A lot more businesses are thriving. A lot of people are just really focusing on them and trying to get their own black dollar, like stuff like that. But also, it's just sad because at the end of the day, we don't own it. At the end of the day, we don't own it for ourselves. Like our black dollar is not really our black dollar because somebody at the end of the day owns it. We don't have the resources for us to really own our own community, our own our own resources to like really move the way we want to move. Do I feel we can get that route? Yeah, but it's man, it's it's and Beyonce is they fault. They they wiped our history out, man. Because nowadays, if you see something about like I seen something on Twitter or maybe on Instagram that was talking about this black man that was a mathematician that was used to like be one of the pivotal points to say why black people can't be equivalent to white, man. I just feel like we don't even know what could have actually resided on the other side of that. You know what I'm saying? That's why I, I kind of was like, I'm kind of mad at it. It's like we don't even know we could what we could we could have created our own currency. Everybody else has something that's repl- that's representative of them but us. And they kind of took that from us. That's why I'm like, oh, man, get out of here. Yeah, I look at integration as a blessing and a curse, but also look at segregation as like a, a, a blessing in disguise, like at the end of the day, because imagine if we would have stayed segregated. We were thriving. And at the end of the day, like, you know, you go back and look at your history about how like how communities were thriving during segregation. But also, you know, you know, of course, you have Black Wall Street and the massacre that happened with that. Unfortunately, that wiped out everything we could have been thriving on today. But right. like we're here, we're here with it now. But man, it's, it's kind of hard, kind of hard to kind of choose which one. But I, I say, you know, integration was, you know, was definitely a good, a good journey for us to, to move forward with. What you got, Joe? So for me, I'm kind of stuck in the middle. So I do feel like if everything would have stayed segregated, I do honestly feel like we would have still succeeded because we would have had, you know, our own schools, our own communities, our own businesses, and then over time been able to build and progress to compete with, you know, the white side of things. The reason that I, the reason a part of me agrees with integrating is because I've always been a big believer in trying to figure out every aspect of everything. So my whole, my, the reason I say that is if I'm, if I have my lane, right. And I have this vision for what I want to do, but I don't have all the answers yet, but I know for a fact you over the doing what I want to do and you striving and it's working for you. I want to at least be a fly on the wall and figure out like what moves you making, learn, you know, why are you succeeding? Where during your journey did you fail? And then how can I capitalize on your failures and make sure I don't make the same mistakes or see, you know, when you took a right turn and you, you know, you messed up, that's where I need to go left. You know, if, if that example kind of makes sense. Yeah. So I feel like, I feel like integration was good in that aspect. Cause even though, yes, they did take away a lot of our voices and was able to control certain things because they had the top dollar and they had the money and the power to do so while keeping us controlled and in, in some type of bubble over time i feel like we have become we we've gotten to a point where we can like get certain people through that door you know like like as you said almost like that sacrificial lamb like one person had to open the door and take that shot but now that you even though that person took that shot the door is still open so now we can all rush through gotcha 
And so I kind of feel like integration did that. And, you know, the, the generations before us took that shot. And now we're the ones that's running through them doors. And we're the ones getting education and taking their, their spots at their university and being able to ha- like have their seats at these corporate tables and things like that. Like that's, and then, you know, in turn, I don't, in turn, then we become the ones that's providing the, the company spots. We become the ones that's the gatekeepers of these companies or creating our own companies in our own lanes for our people. Like that's why I'm kind of in the middle of it. So I feel like, I mean, and, and to say that, I feel like living in today and since, you know, integration is why we're here today. I feel like I'm probably leaning more to that side, but it's more like a it's more like a 70-30 split. I'm not full on one side, not full on the other, but I'm like more leaning more toward the integration side. I got one more thing I want to say about it, bro. I feel like even to Joe, to your point, bro, yes, we could have still got that information from them, but I would have rather mm-hmm. us pull up a seat to that table. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We already, you know what I'm saying? We ride up on our horses and meet down at one, and then we exchange information and we go back to where we were going. Because now I feel like the way that they've integrated and controlled the narrative, because I'm like, I'm like when Brendan, when you was talking, I'm like, who the hell made us care about Gucci? Mm-hmm. Who the hell made us want to care about Gucci? I'm like, man, we could have created our own thing. Who made mm-hmm. us want to be in these white people or these, I'm pretty sure the owner of Gucci is white. Like nobody is, you know what I'm saying? Who made us want to be like them? Or nevertheless, they might have still had some people, black people that don't want to be like the white man. Who would have never known? But I just felt like I would have rather have our own. And then if we don't have our own and it's still not working, then we collaborate. But we didn't even get the chance. We were to just have ours, yeah. Then like, we- what, like what is our Gucci? What is our, you know, top brands and name brands? Man, I think I was I got a picture screenshot in my phone. It was like if if they wouldn't hire me, I'm not gonna wear their clothes. I know one thing by myself, but I'm getting to the point where I'm I'm probably just working rock and soul, not so polo and like that's it. You know what I'm saying? That's just where I'm at with it. You know what I'm saying? I wanna rock my own clothes because I feel like there's no reason in, in building up oh, you know, I'm gonna support local brands too, but there's no reason why I'm putting more putting money in somebody else's pocket that's taking their money and not shutting it back to me. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Facts, that's facts. Yeah, you're right. I'm about to say that. Not rehabbing nothing, not putting no books. No, when have we ever seen Gucci do a back to school? You know what I'm saying? I know that's not a part of their brand and everything like that. I'm just saying, why are we put why are we prioritizing that? We could have had some type of other black designer come up with something by now, but now we just want to glorify. Oh man, if it ain't that whatever, whatever, it ain't. Come on, man. Mm-hmm. Girl, that that just just you saying it right there remind me like of something that's kind of stuck with me. I remember I forgot exactly what I was watching, but I remember somebody saying Lamborghini put out a statement. It was like somebody was like, "Why don't they make commercials? Because their consumers are not sitting around at home watching TV." Hello, hello. And when I and when I heard that, it, it it made me like look at myself and be like, why the hell did I have a Lamborghini on my wall? Like I, I remember as a, as a kid, bro, before I moved out, I like I had a Lambo, like a green Lambo poster on my wall, like thinking like I need that or that's what I want. Like that's what excite, like that's what brought excitement to me. And now it's like as an as like I guess you could say like as an adult now I'm like I don't need no Lambo. Like why? Like why? Why is that my, why was that my so, idea of success? 
That's like, why was I looking at that? Is like I needed that to be to feel successful to to see like to make it feel as if I need, I made it. That's why I also want to give a rebuttal to integration because now that we integrated, that gave them an opportunity to feel like they was superior to us. Mm-hmm. And so now to get some type of superiority or some type of way in life, you had to be like the white man. But we're gonna change that though. We're gonna get it together. We're getting it together. I'm about to say. It's the, the, the crazy thing to me, I feel like, is, is just we have all those things like those high name brands, as you say, like the Gucci, the Lamborghinis and, and other things like that, that they've made so much a high priority to where like we want that. But at the same time, you turn on you turn on Instagram, you 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 open up your, your Twitter account and you see people of the Caucasian, you know, culture trying to do our dances trying to you know listen to our song mm-hmm. and it is it's just to me it, to me it's almost as if like we are the superior culture but because it's more of them and they know that we have that influence is why they try to like flip the script and make it seem as if you know because they have the money they have the influence in these businesses or realist in, in real estate and things like that that you know they're perceived as to as to be like these the superior you know race. Yeah, enough to market they shit anyway because all the rappers rocking all the designers and buying up all the fancy cars and guess and, and look the kids are gonna feed into that because that's all they listen to that's all they look up to. Oh, the crazy thing is, bro, they have clothing lines. Exactly. Mm. Don't even promote these stuff. Or they even don't even make it accessible to people who are of lower class. They still charge mm-hmm. you an arm and a leg for their clothes, like. I don't, it don't make no sense. I, don't know, but I think that one part about, you know what I'm saying, it all that we probably just not mentioning is just the, the, they got systems in place. Like the radio mm-hmm. is a system. The television is a system. So bringing it back to your point to what you were saying, your teacher only listen to podcasts and no TV. I'm no, no radio in my car. Straight mm-hmm. podcasts. Are we going to listen to a curated playlist by myself? I'm not doing I'm not doing that. That radio controlling narrative about putting a, a negative persona or spreading gossip or mess. No. We're going to find some news to consume that'll be a direct source, but we're not doing all that. Yeah. Me, so evil. Now, now that I'm, I'm kind of glad you brought up that system because now you, you pose a question in my head, uh, Nick. So we all understand, you know, like, so like in my mind, I see it as a cycle. So you have these influencers, these rappers, these, uh, these celebrities who are, are rocking the, you know, over, overly priced high fashion type clothing line. But then you have the kids who watch them and, you know, are influenced by them who then see that, you know, would it be our generation's duty, if you will, to, be, to, to wake them up and like get them to understand the conversation that we're having right now? To understand, like, yeah, they wearing that, but you don't need that. Joe, we got a two, you got a two-sided sword we dealing with, dog. Reason I say that, I, I don't own no designer belts. I don't seek to own a designer belt. I don't understand the purpose of a designer belt. You understand? I understand maybe if you're dressing up all the time, why you might want a Ferragamo belt, I think, or a Gucci belt, if that's the brands that they're wearing around like. But I'm like, I don't understand it. And so when I say we got a two-sided sword, when I catch a student, why you got that on? What's that supposed to mean? You think that you better than everybody in here because you got a designer belt on? Because I'm pretty sure that people that can really afford the true version of that 
probably have a small indication inside they label of what they're actually wearing. You know what I'm saying? But you got, you feel like you got to be seen. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, okay, whatever. So that's one side of it that mm. you have to just be real candid and intentional about asking the question, why you got that on? Because Quavo said, do you think you Quavo? Do you want to be like Quavo? Do you know what he had to be to, to do you know the actual steps he took to be who he is? If not, then we need to review that. But then you got the same ticket where I know for myself, God honest truth, I'm raising the right hand, dog. They have people in section eight homes buying designer clothes for their kids. Yeah. Where's the mathematics going with that? So I'm like, how do you tell those people not to prioritize that? Because they're gonna feel and most likely to end up on section eight. You probably have to be a single parent or uh, some of that sort, you know what I'm saying? Be a part of the lower income housing part of the, of the situation. So I'm like, how does that equate in your mind? You right. stay in government assistant homes, but your children have on designer clothes. You don't own your home, but your belt, probably that the real version of that belt probably costs more than what you make in a chick. Mm. It's insane. So now I'm like, okay, uh, what's the logic behind it? So you gonna, so what if you get behind on your, well, you shouldn't get behind on your rent because it's probably like fifty dollars. But Lord, Lord, let's say they they up your rent. Are you gonna sell your child's belt to get pay your rent? You know what I'm saying? I'm not understanding what's people's logic when it goes to that. But as you were saying, but it's a lot of people that don't have value about themselves that are putting that value into their kids buying them. Gucci shirts at three years old, Ferragamo mm-hmm. belts at two and a half. I'm like, man, what's going on? What happened to Oshkosh Bagash, baby gal? <laughs> what happened? Like, those just not going to fly. they like, oh, no, they got to be designed or stepping that too because you got money to blow, but why that money can't be put to something? They finna outgrow this. Come on, we got to wake up, dog. That's when, like, this conversation is going to make me mad because I'm thinking about the person I'm talking about. I went to elementary school now, and the baby looks like a grown man. But all he don't, he just being a baby. Designer, he wears cap backwards. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh my God, bro. He gonna be looked at as a predator at eight years old because of how you dress him. How he carried himself because he feel like he got on designer clothes because he feel like he a man because my mama mommy is. It's a sickness going on, dog. Yeah, it's like designer clothes just takes away. You gotta change that narrative. I don't know what we do, but that's the double-edged sword. You see? You got to question them and, and see why you want to do this. But if they born into it, then what you do? Mm. Mm-hmm. We born into a, 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 we born, people are born into consumerism already. They don't want to think about creating nothing. They just want to buy, 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 buy. And that's, that's not, that's how I'm working on this new conversation, this new topic or something. By 2053, presidential candidate Andrew Yang said that the black wealth of the median household will be zero. And that's why I'm from now to 250, 2053, I'm saying every black person worth a million dollars. So you got people worth a million dollars and then they telling us that our worth is gonna be worth zero. You can look it up, Andrew Yang, presidential candidate, he said it on the Breakfast Club and then he followed reports after that, that the black neck worth of the average income home will be zero. That's if you don't learn financial literacy, you don't plan for the future. All of those things, man, due to automation, due to certain things just going out of style, just like we faced the industrial age. That's why around Baton Rouge, you got so many businesses, mechanic shops that just no, not open no more because we continue to push the envelope forward. Yeah, it's and a, things at a rapid pace. 
Mm-hmm. And like all these these plants and all these like chemicals. And, and jails too, dog. They, they about to build another jail in Baton Rouge. I mean, Louisiana soon. So they'd rather do that than invest in some of the homes or invest in some of the education systems or whatever. They'd rather just build a jail to make more money. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. So I don't know. Help is on the way. Like Country Wayne said, help is on the way. Yeah, it's just, just like life, man. Just keep going. You just got to keep up. Don't make, make sure you don't get left behind because it ain't, it ain't going to come back for you. Once you behind, you behind. Fuck. Life man. is going. Yeah, but I'm putting together a few little resources for people to check out. I'm going to make them like a dollar just for people to see what economic class they fall in. Because as I told, I, I've been very adamant about this to anybody that I have personal conversation with. Post high school, a lot of my conversation, a lot of my personal consumer debt has been consumed because of residence, bad residency choices, bad car choices. And those are the two biggest things besides college that can put you in some debt real quick. Especially in Baton Rouge, you don't have no car, you are almost obsolete. No job gonna come without you not having no car unless you got somebody that's gonna be willing to drive you all the time. Public transportation is a no-no. Definitely. I'm about to say, that's, that's facts right there. I'm saying, as a hiring manager at my job, second question we asking, do you have reliable transportation? Like, and yeah. if you say no to that, you gotta have a damn good interview after that. For us to like, for us to even consider. I'm to the point where I gotta be willing to pick you up and take you to work every day during that interview because like, you gotta sell mm. transportation and a cell phone. Mm-hmm. I would hope you have a cell phone. What's crazy, bro? I know, I know, five year olds with a cell phone. That's Joe, bro. That you think that cell phone got like parental controls on it? No. No, indeed. You know, oh, I already know. Accidental stuff pop up on that screen, dog. And I'll tell you personally myself, it's the TikTok screen for me. It'd be the for you page. You look at one wrong thing, you all into a whole nother world of stuff. Oh, yeah. You press, you press that like button, it's over with. Yeah, man. They're going to flood you or whatever. So, And I know my young sister, she got it. Like, she followed me on my stepmom TikTok page. I'm like, man, you crazy. But she ate. He don't need no, I don't want nobody to get no phone. I want my, I don't know when I got a phone. It might have been like 11 years old. That's when I plan to get my future children phones. 11 years old. Mm-hmm. Years old. Think takes crazy, man. My, anything we, my, uh, social media wise. Who do you think it be? And I was saying, I think TikTok is really bigger than any other social media rollout that we know of. Like from our age, I think it's like the biggest thing. Like that. I think TikTok got the potential to make Instagram like Facebook. I just oh. seen today on my soul and I told page that said Instagram just said that they're no longer a picture sharing app. So everybody should really kind of pivot towards more video. That's why Reels is more popular. Mm-hmm. And Reels and uh, carousels to where it's multiple pictures on one. Now people are going to still post pictures and still do what they do. But Instagram said its sole focus is not to share pictures anymore. So mm-hmm. now they competing with a digital age. And I'm telling you, like, I've been around kids sometimes. I can tell by the way that they're clicking their phone what they on. Snapchat, I mean, not, not Snapchat. TikTok has made it so seamless to just grab it and just flick, 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 flick to where it's so, it's so you don't have to think about it. Mm-hmm. Whereas Instagram, you may have to put a little bit more process. And it's still sliding motion, but I definitely think TikTok 
my personal, I, I go to TikTok a lot just for information, man. There's a, a wealth of knowledge on TikTok and Clubhouse. Those are the two ops. If I can invest just a dollar in both of them to see where it's going to go in the future, that's where I'm putting my dollar at, TikTok and, and Clubhouse. What's crazy is TikTok made me stop getting on Snapchat. I don't, I don't even use, if I use Snapchat, I have to be extremely bored by myself. I like Snapchat videos, so you can just slant and they, they, you don't have to cut it. You know how Instagram, you got chop, 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 chop. Mm-hmm. That's why when I want a nice smooth video for a minute or less, Snapchat. Yeah, Instagram and Snap slowly fading away for me, man. It's either TikTok or Twitter for me, man. Facebook. And I love, I love Facebook though. I'm glad that it's still around because that's gonna be the, the motherboard of it all. Yeah, mm-hmm. like no. Like, that's the last place where you'll be able to network with older people. Like, I love it. I'm on it all the time. I make connections to the Facebook market. They starting to have rooms. You can send your Instagram stories to Facebook. Now, they, Facebook has solidified its, its longevity to me. Yeah. Right. You're like the OGs of it now. Like, right. It is. I'm telling you, Facebook started it, in my opinion. I really feel like that, like as you said, that was the OG of all of them and it feels like that like it like tiktok feels like in instagram look even though instagram been around for a minute them two to me feel like that new age like page because it was a period for me like i was on instagram more and i stopped and it was all twitter and if some some click during my my senior year of college and i just got back on instagram mm-hmm. and then i was i was i was that guy i'm not i'm not, I'm not gonna say a lie. i was that guy like I'm not about to get on TikTok. Like TikTok is for kids. Like I don't see what y'all. I don't see what y'all doing on there. And I promise you, it took like a month. It took like a month, month and a half. And I'm like on TikTok every day. Yeah, man. I'm talking about from the food pages to it's the hack, like, to the cleaning. It's like wow. And then people like to create. I learned how to put a trash bag on a trash can because of TikTok. It's so, so all right. It's so Quick question. Quick question. How y'all put the trash bag in? How y'all put the trash bag in the trash can? Do you put the bag in and then do like the you fold it over the top? Like you put the bag in first? I do like the little arm thing. Like you put it over and then you just. I do like, <sighs> yeah, like I open it, do the little flat, yeah, yeah. put it like that. Joe, what the hell you can figure it out? Son, so like. All right, so when you first take the trash bag out the out the little roll, it's inside out. If y'all think about it, the in the inseam part is on the outside when you first take it off the roll. So Hold you up. put real talk, grab one, grab grab one real quick. Wait, so so you mean to tell me like grab a trash bag, son? I'm telling you. When you take the trash bag off the roll, the inseam part, like if you think about a shirt, the stitching, the, part the stitching part of the trash bag is already on the outside. I just rip off, right? Huh? So like if you think about it, when you when you take that bit and you flap it out and you you open it for real, the stitching part is already on the outside. Mm-hmm. Now you're gonna take that bit and open, like open it, open the top of it, and you put it on a trash can like a hat, and then you push it in. 
No, don't don't flip it. Don't flip it. Like, see how you look at it like, like that? How you will put a hat on, or how you will put a shirt on, you put it on the trash can like that. Oh, like such, like literally on top. Right. Uh-huh. And then oh and then you inverted. push it in. Oh, you invert it. Okay. Right. Okay. So oh, like man. that way you, you get the outside covered already. Yeah. And then you push it in. Wait, so what about the drawstrings on the side? Doesn't that fall? It's, it's, it's at the top. It's gonna flip out. It's gonna flip out regardless. The drawstrings don't matter. But if you think about it, the the stitching part. Now that you didn't invert it, the stitching part is on the inside. Mm-hmm. Thanks, man. Shut your mouth and shoot me, sir. <laughs> so, I'm on TikTok, like bro. I've been doing trash. I've been struggling with trash bags my whole life because I've been doing it wrong, man. There's so many things that I've learned on TikTok, whether it be business hacks, social media plans, all type of stuff. And I save, try to save, download, but you can get overwhelmed with stuff like that, especially like like you said, you like one thing, your whole timeline filled with that same stuff. You're like, hold up, hold up, hold up. I just saved a video that was saying something different from this. Right. But it's the wave, though, bro. I'm liking the wave of digital age, man. I can't, you can't, I always say, I put this in, in one of my curriculums, like, if you got something and it's not on social media, you one step away from being obsolete. You got to be able to see it in some way, shape, form, or fashion. Yeah, I'm just trying to keep up at this point. Like, I'm just trying to make sure I stay in the ball game. <laughs> just in the loop, bro. bro. Man. I created, like, content pillars. So, like, I, at one point in time, I was heavy on creating, but I'm going to get back to it. Probably after I get my hair done, I'm going to get back to consistently putting out my face in front of it and just speaking and teaching on, on, on social media. Though. Man, cool. So just tra- transitioning into, into the sports realm real, real quick, okay. uh, since we're also on the, on the social media uh, too. How do y'all feel about, plaf- well, not platforms, but more so organizations, such as like the NBA, using platforms like Twitter, uh, YouTube TV, um, what else, what else, what else they use? I want to say it's a third one. It's a third one the NBA used to stream their game. But do you think like we'll we'll see more of like the or those organizations or associations like you know like uh, like the NBA, you know, lean more towards social media instead of like actual cable TV? Man, Joe, I ain't gonna lie to you. Me buying I ain't want, like, we got Wi-Fi in my spot right now. I did not want to go through AT&T and get cable. So it was effort, it was seamless to just transition to YouTube TV. And as much as they've promoted it and everything, I never thought that I was just going to be like, okay, I'm going to get YouTube TV. It don't make, it's, it's easy. I get to watch the game. Mm-hmm. And then I get regular TV too. I'm like, okay, cool. So I don't know, man. I definitely... New so like even around the time where I'm creating a podcast, I knew that it was it's a fight for our attention at this point. They're doing everything that they can to get somebody streaming on either a different platform or it's, it's just a fight for our attention. And that's why I still say black people are worth a million dollars. They want our mm-hmm. eyes to be able to change, create whatever narrative, and just I love it. I love it. I don't think that I don't know about I don't think that they should go to like Instagram TV and show it. I didn't think they should still keep it on a platform like YouTube and like um, what was the other one that you said? You said Twitter. Yeah, Twitter. Twitter's a big one. Well, Twitter. Twitter's bigger for the NFL. Mm. 
Yeah, because it's, it's really making it easier to stream it at different places. You don't have to be in one con concise spot to watch it. But, yeah, but we got to have an off-camera conversation about that, too, because I feel like even with that being said, you kind of shook up the dynamic of the house by that. Sunday mm -hmm. Night Football used to be a thing. Now I can watch it on the bus. You can watch it in your car. We have no reason to come together no more. Mm. Well, that's a man. Not not you. You right. That's a whole another topic right there. Touching on high social media breaking up the home. High social media. It's really the social. internet. It was like you're going from industrial age to you know what I'm saying from the cotton gin and making things. Just the easier it goes, the harder it is for a city of mm. more convenient you make things. Yeah, it also makes the uh, attention span a lot shorter too. Like. Like you said, like it takes like watching football on Sundays is not even a thing no more. Like you know, I could just watch it on my phone. I don't even have to even come to your house no more because I got YouTube TV. I got all these others. I got ten other streaming platforms. That's another thing I hate with these streaming platforms. Oh. They make you get all these different things without even knowing you got all of them. <laughs> so now you. <laughs> hey, I'm about to let me tell you how I fell victim. So I don't know if y'all into Marvel and stuff. Black Widow came out, what that was, Friday, Sunday, something like that? Please, the movie. So, tell me why. I'm just, just straight off of what Nick just said. It was me, my wife, and my little brother-in-law. So, I'm like, bet. We got, we moved into the house just to celebrate. Let's go out to the movie. To go to Perkins Row, $45. Before tax, before the fees for Fandango, all that. $45, right? Disney Plus premium access $30. You telling me I can get a movie that just came out in theaters and watch it in my living room? Yeah, yeah. For extra $30. And I have it. I, ha I can watch it whenever. Now. I don't got to just pay $45 one time. I'll pay, you know, 45 or three people one time and go see it. I can pay $30 oh, and man. watch it in my living room constantly. They're trying to really break They're going to lose, dog. They're going to lose. Yeah, AMC going to lose that because then it's like, you have to make the movie experience even better without charging. Mm -hmm. Like, bro, movie theaters are about to be another blockbuster. Like, shame, shame, shame. But it's true. Bro. Hopefully, that opened up. That may open up the lane. No, because I was gonna say maybe that opened up a lane for drive-in movies, but nah. Because you got HBO that, that literally streams every movie that comes out when it releases. So it's like people don't really, unless you're like a die-hard movie theater lover and you like seeing stuff with the aesthetic of movie theaters yeah you got you got those couple people but a packed a packed house in a the movie theater i haven't seen that in a long time i ain't gonna lie since the 12 yeah before. now i was about i was i was about to agree with nick with the drive-in movie but the only thing about that is you won't be able to charge as much and then the issue i feel like you would run into is the sound like you put almost like a silent disco, but it's still like man, people just come to silent disco because they enjoy the community of each other, but it ain't gonna make no sense if we in different cars, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. This is mm -hmm. bro, I see it being becoming obsolete, dog. That's why you gotta learn how to pivot. They were supposed to be offering free drinks with the movies or something. I don't know. COVID, man, I ain't know it's crazy. I feel like the pandemic sped sped everything up. I feel like we was in we was in route to this. It took all, but the pandemic making everybody sit at home, bro. It, it didn't sped it up. Like, think about how many movies like actually turned into like TV series. Like Marvel 
made a whole 360 when it came to movies. Like they started putting out like series, you know what I'm right. saying? Like TV shows, legit movies, but TV shows. It's like, nigga, what? And you still get the Marvel movies, but you don't get the experience no more, like waiting for you know movie to come out. You wait till the end credits to see what the next thing's gonna be. Now you're excited right. to see what the next movie about to come out. You ain't gotta do that no more. You got Wow, you got WandaVision now. You got, you got uh, oh, what's the one with uh, with Sam and Loki Buck? Yeah, they got Loki that's coming out. Yeah, Loki Loki that's out. Now, yeah. Man, I'm, I was y'all got me thinking. I was supposed to go see Fast and Furious. I might just see if I can catch this one. Oh, HBO Max. Well, no, the LeBron one is on HBO Max. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna see though, but if it, if it ain't looking right, I'm not going to see Fast and the Furious either. Mm. I'll wait. Somebody gonna pick it up. <laughs> Somebody gonna pick it up. Fast and Furious. Anything in space on that one? I don't know that much. I don't know. That's why I want to see because I don't really know the storyline. You need to hang it up, bro. You need to hang it up. I don't know. I like. The one that made me want to keep watching is Michelle Rodriguez, a.k.a. Letty. That's my WCW. <laughs> this man. Oh, man. I don't know, dog. That's been my celebrity crush since the first Fast and the Furious. Mm. I the last one I saw was six. And I think I was with Joe when I seen that. <laughs> he said six. Yeah, they all nine now, bro. I think so. It was one of we did go see. I forgot. I don't even remember what happened in that one. I think that's when The Rock first got introduced. Mm-hmm. That sound about right. After that, I was like, "Yeah, I don't know what y'all doing." And I got Hobbs and Shaw and all that bullshit. Got John Cena up in the Cardi B. Like, uh, uh-uh, y'all doing the most. Oh, yeah, that's the one. See John Cena, and I think that's gonna end up being a Rock brother or something like that. Mm-hmm. I love it. I'm like, y'all just milking it at this point. <laughs> but the, uh, the little Vin Diesel means be funny though. Oh yeah, they, they ain't gonna let him live, dog. They're running wild with that, bro. It's all promotion. What you got up next, B? Uh, we could dive dive into some music, man. We oh wow, we doing it last. Cool. <laughs> we ain't done that before. That's what happens when you get the big speak on the show, fam. Man, look, the conversation yeah. be flowing, man. That, that's what happens when you got a real. Innovator on on the pile today. Sir. Appreciate that, bro. I've been making playlists since 2017 too. So let me know what we're trying to rap about. I've been keeping up with it. I, I slacked up on I'm making playlists. I, last one I did was May, so I don't have June and July. But it won't take me too long to put it on uh, Apple and Spotify playlists. Yeah, man. We could, we could touch on a couple of albums. We could touch on you know what we're listening to and uh, some artists that we've been looking out for. But we could okay. Um, that release. Shoot, I know uh, when he first mentioned, because I know that I've been following track that y'all always discuss it. I actually find myself in the same kind of habits that I was doing in, in college. Like I, I'm big on telling my stepdad, or like I'm I'm big. This is one of my doctrines, is keep the same energy. So like when I was studying at 2 a.m. at LSU, listening to music, that's the same way I put together content, listening to music at 2 a.m. So found myself recently listening to that Rod Wave album, man, and I normally be giving Big Boy a hard time, but that ain't gonna lie to you. While I was working on something else, it might have been later in the hour, 
life was kind of calm around that time, but his, his album really was not that bad, man. It's very still saddening. I still don't like the Tombstone actual video, but, um, and the big thing around when he was about to drop, when I was at, when I was teaching at the school, they was like, the world up in the end, Rob, why you been dropping his album? <laughs> what y'all talking about? It love me, Rob Wave. But Rob Wave, I've been listening to that, uh, I'm real big on that voice and the heroes, bro. I don't know what that. I don't know what it is. That's one combination I did not know I needed. Oh yeah, that baby and Dirk tape went stupid for real. That been hard. You got Dirk singing and baby singing. Okay, I, I can give you that language. I can give you that language. Who is somebody new that y'all kind of checked out that y'all didn't expect y'all stuff to like? Somebody new, Polo G. Hmm. hmm. I have yet to listen to his album. It, it was good. I ain't gonna lie. I, I've been peeping Polo G for a little minute, but like I never really like doubt like dove into his projects or dove into like his albums. I'm like, but this one I, I gave it a try. So I was like, okay, dude, really, I gotta go really nice. nice. I think that the the industry kind of put him, Lil TJ, um, Checker, like a lot of them came out at the same time, and I just didn't feel like I was really vibing with their story. Like, it's another thing to rap about something. But with me, I take music so seriously to where if you rapping about a lifestyle that you haven't really remotely lived, it kind of makes me not want to vibe with you as an artist. So Polo G, it's something about his tempo that I can't really reason with. Yeah, I understand his story more now, but I still don't, like, it's a reason. I don't know why I haven't listened to his album yet. It's just like, mm. but I was listening to G Herbo stuff on Spotify and it shuffled in their song from his album, and I was like, okay, that's tough. G Herbo um, album, song with him was also nice. So I was like, I might go back and check that out. You're not giving such a hard time. What about you, Joe? He said G Herbo. For me, I, for me, it, it would be Polo, because I I was asleep. I was honestly sleep, sleeping on Polo because of that exact reason you just gave. Like, I feel like everyone kind of put him in that category and in that group, and I was like, well, I already don't fool with them. And I don't hear much from Polo, but hearing that album, matter of fact, I think we did an album review on it a couple episodes back. And I want to say I, I I was getting I was getting like early Wayne vibes, like I was getting like mm-hmm. Carter three ish, Carter two ish vibes, um, out of that. Um, but as far as new artists for real, nobody on that serious like on the serious level. Uh, has caught my attention anyone that's new it's kind of been that playful like that playful rap like the like yNj or like uh uh bfb the pac man like i feel like them they've i've kind of tapped into them a little bit more just because it's like that loose like that fun almost like that comedy rap right um but as far as like on a serious level there's nobody new that i'm like listening to consistently like yeah he about to like take over like outside of outside of little baby but i mean i don't consider him as like new new for real yeah right um following y'all podcast with kenny i had to check out estg he's all right he's okay yeah that's another one. Oh yeah um that whole little era because i know it's him um somebody else he, he didn't put out a project this year what's the little dude name little migo he kind of straight too mm-hmm yep well, he kind of straight. So I was like, I, I, I can deal with that language a little bit. You know what I'm saying? You straight. You know what I'm saying? I, like, it's, and like, I'm big. I'm big on believing what you say. So like, I reason. So 
when I'm listening to words, I try to like put myself in their shoes. Like if you say, I stayed up all night, I had to get it in. You know, something about me staying up all night, had to get it in. So like, if your story is not believable, I'm not, I'm not rocking with you, gang. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some of my other favorites have been, I, I gave Moneybag Yo a hard time because I started listening to his album when it dropped in the gym. And I was expecting it to be bar for bar. But like I was saying earlier, man, memes are starting to rule the world. Somebody said Moneybag Yo rap like a broad. I was like. You do. That terminology is in his music. <laughs> Real talk. <laughs> I'm like, man, I don't know, but I like, you know, Waikisha, love it here, hate it here. A few other songs on the album, but it's still not like, if you got 16 tracks and only like six, six or five, you know, that's on your buns. That's really the case with Bunny Yo, though. It's like five off of the project. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Do you, do you think they're too long? Do you think albums are kind of too long now? Like we, instead of giving us that 16 to 21, do you think that she kind of aim for more like that 10 to 12? Well, actually, bro, I don't know, because the songs are shorter. We might get a verse, a hook, and, uh, you know what I'm saying, a little bridge, and that's the song, maybe. Like, now, songs are a minute and 53 seconds. So, I, I don't know what's better or worse. You know what I'm saying? My person, I don't know. This kind of just playing on my mind as you ask me the question. It's just all about that attention span. Because one thing that I'm listening to when I'm thinking about all of this music conversation Something we're not taking into account is how TikTok is changing songs, too. They are now mixing and mashing shit I've never heard before. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that it's, it's the funny meme going on with the NBA young boy, and it was like when I'm 65 at the cookout. But like, now we'll probably never know what's the real songs no more. You know what I'm saying? They mixing stuff like crazy, and they making dances out of it. And those songs are now somewhat becoming more popular than the actual song. Mm-hmm. Like the like the busted challenge, like when she first dropped that song, nobody knew who she was or what that like that song was like. That's you know? true, and that song really like when you hear it on the radio, you're like, I don't want to hear the rest of that shit. I just want to hear busted to 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 you get to the point where <laughs> I don't want to hear rap. Just those fifteen seconds, that's it. Yeah, so yeah, we we look he hit that. That's the I mean, but I feel like that's just how the times are today. Like if you think about it, like. Social media and, the, and these apps are, are really making and breaking artists. Like, if you think about it, that's what Drake did with, uh, um, that's what Drake, when well, I Drake did it, I would say Shiggy did it with uh, Drake's song. Oh, the, uh, in my film. Mm-hmm. The one he, yeah, the one he did the dance to. And yeah. then, then you turn that around where, um, Tootsie Slide came out. I feel like that was made purposely mm-hmm. for people to dance to. And then you got, the guy, matter of fact, I just I just worked his concert. Uh, the dude HD from out here. Oh, HD for president. Yeah, yeah. Bow, bow, bow. If you feel like his song, like I didn't, I had when I tell you, I had to work. I had to work Summerfest at the River Center, like Fourth of July weekend. I had no clue who HD was, but I promise you, as soon as I heard the beat drop when he came out, I'm like, that's this nigga. Yeah, he looked like Sully from uh, Monsters Inc. <laughs> Son, bro, and like when I tell you, he had like the whole arena is like rocking lit, and I'm like, what the? F-? I'm like, bro, I have never heard of this dude, and he got the whole like the whole arena just like went crazy, and it's off of that song, and I'm like, now a part of me was like, it's the TikTok song, but then another part, a part of me wanted me to be like, I wonder if this was out and known before, and then TikTok took it and just blew it up to what it. Okay, is. so. 
actually he had, I think it was a song, and then he so touchdown to cause hell was a reenactment of a song that was already beat. Mm-hmm. So when he redid it, it kind of glued it up even. So it's like right before you hear the people that made the right before when you see them on TikTok when they pull the people to say nah nah nah. So the other the part before that was already big. He just blew up the second part to call it touchdown to cause hell. Mm. So yeah, I, but you know what? One thing I got a record. I got a somebody. What's going on with our BR artists? Like same thing with YB. Like I was saying with him being a king of the internet. We had he was doing YouTube drops, then dropping on Apple Music, and then collecting it like that. So what is how where are these BR artists getting this this algorithm from on breaking songs? Now YB had a, he had the, a, a hold on the culture like he still has a hold on the culture. Mm-hmm. As far as HD, how did you know to do that? That they was gonna have that kind of effect. Maybe he heard it and was like, oh yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. And we might just be blessed with that down here, dog. I mean, if you if you think about it, one thing I one thing I caught on to, especially. When I first moved out here, now mind you, no disrespect to Ben Rush. Before I before I got to LSU, I had no idea about the whole BR music scene, except for Boosie and Webby. Mm-hmm. Outside of Boosie and Webby, I ain't know nobody. Once I got out here, when I tell you, I feel like it was Young Boy was on the rise because of YouTube, but then you also had WAP. You had WAP and the whole wrecking crew. Like it was him, Carlos, Bam. Yeah, they kind of caught us by the wind. They they like 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 real talk, right? And I feel like I feel like they had it was like YouTube was just lit for them, yeah, for like a good what it was like it was a good six seven eight month period. Like WAP could do no wrong until he signed his deal, but that's besides the point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that kind of I think just that BR sound and that influence like. I think that's what gets people. Like it get people tuned in and tapped in, and it's like you had it with WAP, you had it with Young Boy. You kind of like you say you still have it with Young Boy, and then it's kind of like even though it's switching up. Like I feel like every artist has their own sound to an extent, but mm-hmm. it, honestly, I feel like it's a variation of what's already been going on for the past six, seven years. Mm-hmm. Man, my dude really got global reach off that song. Dog, that's that's still just crazy though. Like still getting. Global reach, like I don't know when that song gonna die out. Mm. Yeah, everybody doing that. As long as you stay on that app, is not right. What's some artists y'all been listening to lately? Um, like I was saying, I like Larry June. I just actually went to a Larry June concert in Houston. Oh yeah, I'm kind of, huh? Oh, yeah, you fuck with Larry? Shit, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's my language right there, bro. Larry, um, I think it's time for a Money Man album. I just finished listening to that G Herbo. That G Herbo nice. I, I really, people give him a hard time about being on and off beat, but I try not to, I try to listen to what he's actually saying. I really care about the cadence, which is sometimes bothersome, but definitely checking out a little bit more um, slow paced music. Like Larry June is right in my alley every day of the week. Like, you can go no wrong with my eyes with some Larry June. Um, yeah, Larry Spitter. So like, even though Spitter put out projects every every week almost, it's like, you know, you can't really get mad at that. I actually listened to that Pop Smoke album they released on yesterday. Man, I don't like listening to people that I I, I normally have the I, the the mindset to say let people that die rest in peace, but it's not actually that bad. It he did what he was supposed to do, honestly. Mm-hmm. I I haven't listened to the entirety. Like, I think I. 
got up to I even got past the Kanye Pusher track. I think I, that's why I stopped it. <laughs> I was like, oh, Pusher need his ass whooped. Yeah, Pusher asking for it, bro. I'm like, yeah. I ain't gonna lie, I'll I, I, I kind of dive into this a little bit, but like, I don't know if the line was for Tyler or he was just making a play on words or if there's a real issue or he just trying to spark some shit because he's trying to release an album or something. I'm pretty sure he got an album on the way. Push Push definitely got some music on the way if he's doing all this. So it's like, all right, Push, I see you. You trying to spark some shit so they could roll out your album like you did last time. Can't knock it because hell, you push it. You can't push. <laughs> right. Um man, I really uh I'm I'm glad that the Migos put it put together that straight project too. It wasn't the best, but it, it had a few bangers on there. Like right now, I'm listening to Having My Way, Straightening, What You See with Justin Bieber, and a few tracks towards the end. But I don't know, like to answer your question, I feel like they album might have been too long, but you know, you gotta account for the singles on there already too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a I, see, like from them. I expect that because it's three of them. Like you got everybody got to get they got to get their verse off. Right. So I, I feel like they songs, they songs always gonna be long in my opinion. But especially when you got a feature. Um. But yeah, that album that album could be cut down. Um. One thing about that album though, that we kind of talked about internally, uh, with me, me and B. How you feel about them recycling their beats? I think they really, uh, I don't know. I feel like they probably found that that sound of that beat might work for them. At that point, they know that they are competing for our attention as well. And they probably are competing for some label attention too. I know QC probably split like 75 baby, 25 amigo. And you know, you gotta divvy that up even more amongst the smaller artists that they got. But I don't know, I feel like maybe I think that they knew that they had to do something that was gonna get people to say that this wasn't high garbage. So they found some beats and some flows that was gonna catch out here, like as if like they did with this album. I think that they probably just trying to I, I don't want them to split up again, and I don't think I want a culture for. So I don't know what'll be the best thing. So that I don't think this is gonna be the end, but I don't know. Would it be the next best step for them? But recycling that piece, I feel like, you know, to the people that, that that study it like that, it'll be a problem. But to those that's just happy to hear them not be trash, mm-hmm. it wouldn't maybe not be that big of a deal. Maybe you feel like they struck gold or something. Yeah. I actually different. I've been listening to a lot of compilations too. That's really been my 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 wave lately. Um, compilations and locals, man. I know my favorite, one of my favorites was that Judas the Black Messiah compilation. I really like that for real. It was like, that put an idea in my head like no other. Sometime next year, I want to do my own compilation album. Right. You know what I'm saying? I talked to Kenny about it. I talked to a few of my other like producer homies about it. I just don't know. You know what I'm saying? Without me being DJ Kelly, how would I even put something together like that? But mm-hmm. still, the idea of it is to bring together different artists that's going to be able to articulate the objectives and the agenda of Soul Not Told for generations to come. And I don't want it to become, maybe we shoot videos, maybe we don't, it just depends on the energy and everything like that, but I already kind of got the, the like this this thing right here that fell, that was like the timeline on how everything's supposed to go and everything, but I don't know, I, I'm really excited. I know you might have seen, I posted it on my Instagram, I was like, well, just because you don't know how to do it, do that mean not do it? 
Mm. So that's why I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna just keep on trying to see how I figure out how to do a compilation album for the brand. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's, it's, it might come out pretty nice. I'm not, it's not gonna might, it's gonna come out pretty nice. The only thing is I've been playing around, like I've been taking a few beats and I got a couple of skits that I want. I'm trying to keep myself off the track. Like I ain't never like, all right, man, you got a lot of hats you got on. I'm trying to be a rapper too, you know what I'm saying? But I do have the creative energy to kind of like, like I got an idea for how the song goes. So I think it's gonna be real nice. Just never did it before. But mm-hmm. with me creating playlists since 2017, I was looking for a way to level up my game. So I was like, I've with the artists that I've mentioned that I want to work with, I've already put them on playlists a month or two at a time. I'm not saying that they have reverted and them getting money from me, but I was like, man, they might feel like, you know what I'm saying, since I at least was a dedicated listener consistently, that they can mm-hmm. throw me a bone with, you know what I'm saying, being on the album, which would be even more for them. You know what I'm saying? So definitely a compilation album for myself or, you know, for the brand. And so I can see I can see an interlude. I can see a big speaker interlude going up uh, going in us in that game, drop you know, dropping the knowledge on them midway through like or something Uncle, like that. Like Uncle Hearn. Oh yeah. But I need me a Jaden Davis project too, bro. I need a whole Jaden Davis project. Yeah, matter of fact, I'm trying to I got a link with him. I'm trying to get him on as well. We had matter of fact, well yeah, you saw it. We had Mooch uh right before you. Yeah, yeah. Uh so I gotta I gotta link up with Jalen real quick and uh get him on. As well, but yeah, another yeah, note, yeah. Without uh, just Jalen Davis, one thousand is another BR artist that I'm big on. J U A N thousand, he pretty cold to me. And they got another dude named Trey Lewis, T R E apostrophe Lewis, kind of cold, mm-hmm. kind of cold. Yeah, we're gonna keep my ear up for that. Yeah, that's definitely one thing we've been trying to do is like tap into more local artists and uh. Not not only just like talk about them on the podcast, but just to shine a light on them overall, like on our, on our platforms and things like that, like the Instagram and Twitter accounts that we got. Um, but crazy enough, bro, at one point in time, like you said, we did have an influx of rappers flowing in like that, but now we got more diversity than I've ever seen before. Mm-hmm. Not not necessarily as far as like singing, but like the like the different context of conversation. Like Trey got diversity, one got diversity, and like. Those are three completely different artists that I named just right there, and I would listen to them all day. Right. Jalen be thinking I'm playing when I feel like he give me no cap vibes, but he be doing the thing, bro. I be telling him, bro, you go walk the ball with no cap. That's I next know. up, man. That's, that's, the, that's the wave. That's that, that's that new wave coming in. Mm-hmm. Got to be. What about y'all? Anything else y'all been listening to? Lately, I've been oh. on... Uh... That new Tyler and that new Ben Staples album. I've been on those two albums heavy rotation. Didn't get didn't see either one of them, bro. I don't know why. Hey, they I'm gonna download it though. I'm gonna download it though. I know what's your name go hard, but you know, it, it has the goat feature in the goat on that. So <laughs> yeah, you see how I did that, the goat feature in the goat. <laughs> Man, this guy. Yeah, I don't that, know. That, uh, that, uh, new Tyler album that gave me like nostalgic vibes a little bit. Uh Kind of goes back to the flower boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it gave me that flower boy vibe, but also gave me like the old golf wing vibe. It kind of gave me back to those times when you know our future was really going rampant on the internet, like real talk. So I'm like, what year was that? I can tell you who I was following around the time when that was that like 15, like 2011, 2012. Oh, 11, 12. I might have just oh, yeah, I was BR to the bone then. That was my little fat era. <laughs> 
my little fat, my trillion T air. I, I ain't even had to think about that. I was like, you done? Yeah, that was BR locals and, and even more BR locals that I was on. I thought that it was going to be like later 15 because I'm ready to put some uh, top dog entertainment too, man. I don't know. What's up with them? They must got an immaculate shelf life. Like everybody just absolute cute, sizzle. Mm, everybody quiet. quiet, chilling. TDE quiet. And I feel like if anybody, they might have had the most spiritual vibe to them. You know what I'm saying? Like they stuff really like, they got a song called that I'm going to use that I'm kind of Sampling, not really sampling. I want to use like "Shot You Down" remix. It was like J Rock, Schoolboy Q, and uh, Isaiah. Isaiah was on. I'm like, man, this track hard. You know what I'm saying? But you know they haven't been out any of them. I know Schoolboy Q might be feeling a little bad because his stuff kind of flops sometimes. But I don't know what mm-hmm. that's about. Because mm-hmm. he, he released the album. Come on, Blueface. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that one didn't didn't kind of do it. Yeah, I, wasn't, I don't know what happened right there. He kind of fumbled the ball. And Isaiah Rashad released a single. And I was like, okay, like I thought he was going to get an album, but I guess not. But that's typical Isaiah Rashad, you know. Typical. You know, Scissor going to come in Devo every, all the R&B when she drop her shit. Like, oh, yeah. I could have sworn her throat was still messed up. Hmm? I thought since her throat was still messed up. It probably was, but she shook back. <laughs> yeah. That's her money maker. But she got the she got the type of no, I was gonna say she could pull a Rihanna, but I don't even want to put that out there in the world. <laughs> I do not want to do that. She did be good, but like I guess to the magnitude of Rihanna doing it, nah, probably not. Nah, probably not. Yeah. Because anti was a perfect album. I ain't gonna cap. Control was too, but Anti was really. That was a healthy guy. Oh, bad. Bad. I know how I'm about to end this music segment. Nick. Whatever. Who is better? Janae, Scissor, Summer Walker, or her? I don't know. Her not getting no kind of... She nice, but I'm not forgiving her for that Independence Day commercial. Take that red, white, and blue off, crazy girl. <laughs> Who's one side? Juneteenth or Independence Day? You can't do both. So you can knock her out of there. That's just for my person. So we got her, Summer Walker, Janae, Scissor, and who else? That was it, them four. I'm going to be... Some of Walker personality throw me off. Since I ain't got enough music, so I'm gonna go with Janae. She got a better like, and when I I know we just talking about maybe musically, but I feel like there's no music without the the, the business side of Janae keeps a, a cleaner title for me. You know what I'm saying? She's she's d- never done no wrong from Colombo. I think that might have mm-hmm. been no, that would have been the album since uh sell out. You know what I'm saying? She's been consistent. She's had a clean record. You know what I'm saying? And her music is always some. Some form of relevant, you know. This mm. a where you at? You will be taking this category with no, 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 no problem. But you ain't active. You know what I'm saying? That now you came in and blessed us with what was the name of that album? Control. Control was beautiful, but mm. no follow through. Same thing with Kendrick. Kendrick is a great artist, but no follow through. I'm not respecting that. Mm. So, with no further ado, my answer is Janae Aiko. Without 
It ain't even Ooh, the big, the big speaker has spoken. B, how do how how do you respond? B, how how do you respond to this? Look, man, he's only doing this because I had Summer Walker at my top at the time when Summer Walker was really taking over. I had really had her run, and you know, I you know, I do I do like Janae. I, I love Janae. Janae will always be a solid one or two in my opinion. Whoever running the game at the moment, so. I had Summer Walker. I feel like Summer Walker does have better replay value to me because the quality of her music is really, you know, it, it, it's really up there. Like you're saying, like she's like a her, like her, her and Summer Walker. Her definitely up there. She up there, and and her musical talent, like her being able to play instruments, is going to extend her longevity for what she can actually offer us too. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I said replay value. I'm still playing Sailing Souls. <laughs> Real talk. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm trying to trying to look at what else they got about her. Yeah, bro. Like the first, Man, it was like sailing. So you still hearing playing games everywhere you go? Sailing, oh, not wow. it's like sailing, not selling or something like that. So why you ain't put Jasmine Sullivan in that category? You're a colorist. I'm weak. Wow. The reason I don't put Jasmine Sullivan in that is because she's been too quiet. She just got back. Like right. I get you. I get you, bro. I get. That's yeah. like you saying the same thing about Fantasia. Like if she dropped out, like what? Now, what I see the thing about that, I put them, I, I can't even put them in that box. Like, I feel like Janae, first, I feel like Janae is like, I feel like Janae is the OG of that, of those four in that group. But I can't put Jasmine Sullivan in that group because she was out way before them. Like, I would have to put Jasmine Sullivan against a Fantasia or Okay. Uh, a Keisha say, or somebody like that. that. Okay, that's what I was gonna say. Cause I was gonna say, I think that Jasmine's uh, discography slaps all of those. Ten yeah. seconds, all you know, and that's not even including the, the new holding you down, pick up your feelings. You know what I'm saying? Like those, some of them songs that just slump. Some of the big songs that we know about the artist she just made. Oh yeah, shoot. Matter of fact, her old stuff. I will hit that freaking. Lions, tigers, and bears over anything. Yeah, today. Thanks. Thanks. Well, bust the windows out your car, son. Right, I hit, I, like none of that. Number four artists. Sorry, but you're not. You're not touching that. You're not. Touching that. Man, but you know what, bro? We got to sit down and do it again, bro. Because I wanna. Uh, we could probably do this on a segment of my podcast. I wanna resegment how we categorize artists. So, like, of course, there's sure. top rap game, but then I had like I've been sat it to the side. Like I was saying earlier, I categorized them maybe 2017 and didn't speak on them. But now I want to revisit it with, you know what I'm saying, somebody else that's already considering music as a part of their platform. Because I was like, they got gangster rap, storyteller rap, um, hippie rap, and there's still mm. notes of that. And then you can categorize them like that. So I'm looking forward, like, you know what I'm saying, whenever y'all got time, I want to chop that up. Bet, for sure, for sure. We definitely would, you know, be interested. And hopping on your uh, your platform, I do like I like I said from jump, man. Like you, you know, even though you you may think that you fresh into it, man, you you are the blueprint, you know, you know. So now I told it is is what I feel like every podcast should aim to be. You know, you might not, you might agree, you might not, even though you know you had your switch ups and everything, man. We 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 are grateful that you even you know joined on and and, and you know was a part of this. So thank you. We, Definitely would enjoy, you know, hopping on anytime. Yes, sir. Man, for sure, man. Y'all do keep going with y'all platform, bro. We need more people in this area doing different things. So whatever y'all be able to provide to the um to the community of whoever y'all serve, bro, keep going. 
And also, I want to throw y'all an opportunity too. I know that y'all already well under y'all way. I want y'all to um, check out my bootcamp just to really just provide me some um, feedback from it. I'm going to give y'all a coupon code so where y'all can just check it out on y'all leisure time. But just let me know what y'all think on what, what can it be improved or uh, if it helped y'all, you know what I'm saying, narrow y'all podcast even further. Yeah, man. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Definitely will tap into that, man. No problem. All right, man. Anything, anything you want to leave the people uh, as we close out the show today, uh, big speaker? Um, man, actually, thank y'all for having me on the podcast today, bro. Um, look for more consistent episodes from myself. As I mentioned just now, um, I do have a podcast bootcamp for anybody looking to start to be an authority, using authority in their niche, and they want to start a podcast. I got free resources that come along with the bootcamp. It's at a very special price point, not even more than a hat that you'll put on your head. You know what I'm saying? Um, playlist, I'm finna put the June sounds and the July sounds out now following this conversation. So, but like I always say, just stay close. The work is being done. I'm, I, I always say that just because I'm a, I feel like I'm a, I always need my network and I don't want to feel like I got to find you. I'd rather you just be already there so I can just plug you in. Mm. And so that's all I got to say. So not told pod on Instagram. You can follow my personal page at nick.jones. You can follow me. You can just search Nick Dot Jones and I'm gonna pop up and that's where you can find me. B, B, what you what you closing with B? Oh no, nah, man, just appreciate you for having on your Nick, man. Follow Soul Not Told. Tune in whenever you get the chance. You know what I'm saying? We always gonna be LinkedIn Black Podcast, just networking and collaborating, just trying to elevate and get to the next step, man. So definitely appreciate your wise words and wisdom and just sitting down and talking with us and conversating, just joking us. That's just what we all here for, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that's... Appreciate you. Look for real. Whoa, man. And, man, lastly, man, thank y'all for everybody who tuned in and tapped in and listened to episode 13 with none only than the big speaker, Nick Dot Jones, man. Thank y'all again, people. As, as B said and as he said, man, tap tap into that Soul Not Told podcast. My man has a lot of great things in store for us and for y'all as well, man. Ignorance is expensive yes sir okay okay understand that understand that bro so again like we said thank y'all for tapping in thank y'all for tuning in please uh continue to follow us and follow the pod man whoa we out of here out of here out of here man